Our Nicholas Cage Real Ranked episode is going live. Hello and welcome back to another Real Ranked. Today we're going to be talking about Nicolas Cage. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and bring in uh, our panelists today, uh, starting with Cameron. Oh, hello. <laughs> How Glad are you doing? Here. I'm doing good. You know, maybe today wasn't the best day, but this is bound to make it better, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hopefully, all right. Well, let's bring in uh, next up. Uh, we have John. Well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we have Albert. I am super not qualified to be in this panel, um, but I've watched my fair share of Nicolas Cage in the past few days, and I'm scared my inner Albert channeling his inner <laughs> Nicolas Cage is going to come out randomly. Are you with? Are you a sexy cat? No, that's a trigger word. You say it three times, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's like Candyman. Right. All right. All right. And finally, we got Steven. Hello. All right. Are you guys excited to talk about Nick Cage today? Oh, yeah. I love Absolutely. Him. He's the love of my life. Greatest <laughs> actor of our generation, unironic. I, I I, yeah, I can't think of another an one. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I really can't. Most charismatic. <laughs> All right, well, uh, today we're going to be doing a top 10 uh, Nicolas Cage movies list. So this is based on the movies, not by the performances. Uh, but we will probably be talking about performances, uh, you know, given the time, just based on time. Uh, but... All right, Albert. <laughs> Should we, uh... Yes. What? What's happening? <laughs> Should we explain uh, some of the rules for uh, our top ten, or when we reveal our answer? Okay. So you you want me to explain it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're gonna go around the we're gonna go around the panel, seeing our rankings, our films, top ten list of Nicolas Cage films, starting with number ten. Each of us say number 10, and then we go to number eight. And we discuss, obviously, every time a movie is mentioned. But let's say um, I have a film that is higher in my list, and then Cameron says it as his number as number 10 or anything lower, basically, than my, what I list. Then we'll be screaming out, not the bees, to indicate that um, we're going to save that conversation when we reach my rank, uh, when we reach that certain person's ranking. Yeah. And that can be used multiple times, obviously, because maybe some of us have a higher, maybe the same film is like in everyone's list, but different order. So we'll nothing is going to happen sometimes. Looks like uh, Colin is excited. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with my number 10 movie, which is 
the Crudes, A New Age. Yeah, yeah no one's got that movie on No bees. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, no bees starting out. Uh, but I... Uh, I, I like the Croods. I gave it a rewatch uh, last year, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this actually holds up a lot better." And then I watched the uh, sequel earlier uh, in the summer, and uh, I thought it was a vast improvement. Like, I think um, the animation looks, you know, a lot better too. Like, you know, because it's been a couple years, almost ten years, I think, like since the first one came out. Um, the voice cast is still great. Uh, the especially newcomers like Peter Dinklage and uh, Leslie Mann and Kelly Marie Tran is just always she's such a good voice actor. Yeah, I, I really like her. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the creatures like look great, just like the first movie. I think they had really cool creature designs. And uh, I yeah, I just enjoyed the story a lot more. Like I just thought it was a lot more fun. So, how was the Nick Cage performance? Nick Cage is great. I, I like him as, <laughs> yeah. He, he he's a good voice actor. It's always fun to. Yeah, hear surprisingly, him. yeah. Really good in it. Uh, anyone else seen *The Crudes: A New Age*? I I have seen this film. I I like this film. Um, some parts I like this more than the original. Some parts I like the original more than this one. Uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's. No one's asking for the sequel, really. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still demanding my Monster vs. Alien sequel. That's not happening anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, no, one, no one's really asking for this. But I mean, the voice cast is really good, like you said. Returning, yeah. everyone else returning as well. And um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't have much thoughts, really. It's just, it's, it's a fine animated film, you know? Yeah, fair. It did well uh, in the box office, didn't it? I don't know. I think it did pretty <laughs> well. DreamWorks <laughs> well. <laughs> best cinema. known for making sequels that nobody asked for. So, yeah, plus big family right business. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it came out like smab in the middle of the pandemic, right? Uh, yeah. Is that how that worked, yeah. or Basically. was it was it released? Um, yeah, remind me, was it released uh, like uh, to streaming directly, or did it play in theaters? No, too, or was I it think there was a theater. Yeah, I'm sure. There was, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I, I, I've seen this movie or the original Cruise, but I seem to remember it was one of those like animated movies that like kept the <laughs> kept the movie industry like alive when everybody was locked in their homes. That and what like <laughs> Trolls World Tour or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I don't have much else to add except um I don't think Nick Cage doesn't have any other voice roles, right? So I'd like to see more Not that of I that. Can... Oh I know yeah, there's, there's well, another one. Yeah. Well, he has a couple. I think there's the obvious one, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But like this is definitely his like. He has a bigger role in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, it's only his lead. I leading animated voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I would welcome more. Let's see what else. Absolutely. Got. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, we can go to Albert. What is your number ten? Okay, my number ten is wind talkers not the bees yeah i still haven't seen this movie so maybe i would have said not the bees as well but yeah me oh, too well. maybe <laughs> for saving that conversation probably not probably not cameron probably not 
All right. Uh, I guess we will go to Cameron next. Okay. Well, Albert said he isn't qualified to speak about Nick Cage. Well, I, I'm even less qualified. I wish I have seen or I was able to watch more of his lead roles before this, but my number 10 is Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> Not the bees. Oh my god! What? Okay. Oh my god! But I didn't uh, see that coming. Yeah, th this movie. I don't know. It it was hey, fun. Hey, well, Cameron, I said not the bees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to John for your number ten. All right. Uh. -huh. I, I know somebody that might be watching this is going to give me some shit for this, but my number 10 is the film National Treasure. Not the bees. Not the not bees. The bees. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I have not seen anything. All right, Stephen, all you then. Is, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to, Matthew, I hope you don't, you didn't mix this up because I gave you an old number 10. You changed uh -huh. it, right? It should be different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my number 10 is uh, Mandy. Yes. Not the bees! Not, Not the, the bees. bees! Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. I, yeah, there we go. So many bees straight off the start. We got a lot of bees today, but uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, let's just go quickly into our number nine, which is, or my number nine, which is actually uh, Willy's Wonderland. So, yeah, still, still okay. like near uh, the bottom. But uh, Cameron, if, do you want to go first for Willy's Wonderland? Yeah, sure. Um, so... I had to put this on my list because I haven't haven't seen more of his lead roles, but this is kind of a it's an anomaly how bad it is in every aspect. But <laughs> he is such a weird kind of iconic performance, and he he only makes noises. Uh, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't. I don't know. He he is the reason that this is somewhat watchable and <laughs> i i don't know it it's just so strange yeah uh i mean yeah cage is definitely like the best part of the movie i think none of the other like characters are really like great actors they're just kind of no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no. it's a it's a fun time it's a fun b movie it's just it's fun to see nick cage beat up these animatronics <laughs> yeah i enjoyed the kills but I don't think Nick Cage was particularly good in this movie, and like that's rare for me at least, because um, he just he kind of <laughs> seemed like he was phoning it in, and I don't feel like he does that very often, even when his performance that I've seen, I'm mean, he's definitely phoned it in before probably, but like he usually goes for it regardless, and he goes for it when he's on screen, but there's a lot of moments where it feels like. They like wrote him out of the movie because mm. he didn't want to be there, maybe. And whenever know. he isn't there, then it's very hard to watch. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's like a really bad slasher, and I'm not a fan of slashers to begin with. But I did enjoy watching it to an extent. Mm -hmm. It was a very unique experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, me and Cameron had fun watching it together. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty nuts. Right. I I mean I haven't seen this movie so I can't really comment. <laughs> but uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is cool, I guess. I don't know. I liked going to Chuck E. Cheese when I was six. Does that count? 
Have I seen the movie? Is that enough? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in the fact that, like you said, Nicolas Cage like, doesn't really say anything. Like, he just kind of grunts and stuff, right? Oh, yep. yeah. That's all he does. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. From the trailer, it looked like he did not want to be there at, at all. Uh, so I guess, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, I, I won't he say anything. He produced the movie, it. though. He produced the movie, so maybe like that oh. further. He probably produced it like, listen, I'll throw money at it because I don't want <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, he's got to pay off that dinosaur skull somehow. So <laughs> yeah, he does. All right. Back yeah, you, I've, I've never I've never seen this film. Um, it's it's a new release, is it? Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. I've I I think I've heard I've heard of this and like the concept of the Five Nights at Freddy's kind of thing. But I and I think at one point I considered watching it. I just never got to it. But uh, maybe I'll check it out one of these days. I don't know. It seems very absurd. Uh, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty yeah. dumb, but you yeah. could watch it with some friends drunk and have a good time, I think. I, yeah, <laughs> try not to pay money for it, probably. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, okay. That's yeah, why there I watched this. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, my, one of my favorite parts is like when he just like opens the can of soda and then plays pinball <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they pad. And there's a lot of pinball. Every time he opens a can of soda, he goes like. <sighs> Yeah, I know. Every time he drinks it, he's like, bolt, bolt, bolt. And we were watching, when we were watching, we were excited for the next, uh, like, noise he was going to make for the soda. Mm -hmm. That That's what it resorted to. <laughs> it's compelling stuff. <laughs> that's Albert's turn? I think right? that's a no. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I think that's a... We'll go to Albert next. All right, so my number my number nine is Moonstruck. Oh, okay. Has anyone else seen this? I have. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start. So, uh, Moonstruck is uh, 1982, I think, 87, 87 film. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, he have a supporting role in this one. The main lead is Cher, the singer, and the overall film is. Pretty or was pretty boring up until Nick Cage show up, uh, and then it's like it's a little bit more interesting just because of his character as well. And the overall the overall film was like all right. There's there's some funny moments. Um, I I really love the ending. Just the ending of the movie is just if you if you haven't seen it, it's probably one of the funniest ending I've ever seen. Well, not the funniest <laughs> ending ever, but like. It okay. suddenly take a very steep turn in terms of comedy from the whole movie. That's it's a it's a movie of it's a movie about Cher trying to find love and then eventually finds Nick Cage and then like they just like fell in love together and it's it's fun. It it just I don't know. This film has been my watch list for a long time and when this panel happened, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna speed it up and try to check it out. And I'm like, okay, it's pretty it's pretty good. Nick Cage made it worth to watch. Uh, well, if I've, I'm the only other person, I guess I, I'll go next. Um, my memory of this movie is a little bit murky just because it's been so long since I've seen it. But I, I basically, Albert's comments uh, are, are, would basically be mine. Um, I remember, uh, and mind you, this is a memory from like almost, oh gosh, probably eight years ago. Uh, I'd remember kind of like sort of not really getting into it until the very end where you have like, you know, the funny stuff happen. Yeah. But uh, I did watch, I did go back and refresh my memory a little bit on some clips and I mean, Cher and 
uh, it, it, yeah, it's basically an acting reel for like great performances. I'd say, uh, like right, like Nick Cage is pretty great. Uh, Cher, even if it didn't excite me at the time, I mean, she's pretty good. And then there are other supporting roles in here too, like Danny Aiello, right? He's in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Aiello is there. Yeah, I remember him. I remember liking you know his presence as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Norman Jewison. You know, what are you gonna say? Uh-huh. It's delightful. Um, I remember it being delightful, but I, I I can't really say too too much more about it than that. So mm-hmm. yeah, sorry. There is there is one particular scene that is just like when I watch it, I'm like, that is such a Nick Cage moment. I don't even know. <laughs> They're just having a regular conversation, share and Nicholas Cage, and then yeah. he just suddenly got super angry, like. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was normal and suddenly he just got super angry and then he stand up and like very passive aggressively flip a table. Just start screaming. You can't have a normal conversation with Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to get around to it because I want to see more uh, Nick Cage roles where he's actually pretty young. I've only seen one or two uh, movies that he's in where he's pretty young. And- Dude, he's hot in this movie. Like, pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's yeah. When he was young, like he didn't look that bad, but mm-hmm. you know, got old. <laughs> he's like sixty know. now, so he's really wow. getting up there. Actually, uh, wow. March of time. <laughs> How was uh? Os- yeah, there are two Oscar wins for acting, right? For they did win. Um, I know Cher won for sure. Not, Nick Cage I don't think was. I, it might have been. Oh yeah, it did. it did. It did. Uh, Cher won for best actress. Um, yeah. What's his name? Olympia Dukas Dukakis won for yeah, supporting okay. actress, and then they, okay. it also won original screenplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's very Italian it. movie too. It's right. super. Oh. It's super Italian and super <laughs> New York Italian. You know. Yeah. Like the name. They, they gabagool it up in this movie, which is always, always welcome. In my opinion, so. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go to All right. So my number nine. Well, uh, th- this is a- an interesting pick. My number nine is The Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah. I-, I didn't expect any bees there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean- the irony. The, 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 I know, but I. Uh, this probably wouldn't be here if I had the chance to watch more of his uh, lead roles. But this movie is just so, like batshit in such a weird way. Like I, I put it higher than Willy's Wonderland because yeah, it's horrible, but you can't take your eyes off the screen. Uh, <laughs> like there's just so many weird uh confusing things going on just with what's happening in the movie and all the weird performances especially nick cage like he's he's strangely always angry and really rude such a dick in this movie to everybody (laughs) and yeah there's just crazy stuff that happens like he has weird visions (laughs) that randomly happen and you don't you don't know what's real what's fake but the bees are real. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not even in the real movie. That's like a deleted scene, right? Like, is it really? Oh, I guess it. De- yeah, it depends on which version you see. I guess. All right. I- Does the director's cut preserve more of the artistry? Is that, <laughs> is that the idea? Yeah, I guess so. But 
yeah, one time I it depends on what platform I watched it on, but I saw it somewhere and it did have the B scene and in another place it didn't. So I don't know if it was some kind of cut, a director's cut or what, but yeah, you never know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, has anyone else seen The Wicker Man? Nobody. No. I am. Yeah. Uh, I good, I don't think. Good. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I'm glad this is on your list. I love it. I love idiosyncratic picks like that. Like, <laughs> dude, good on you if you love The Wicker Man. Um, like, that's that's so awesome. Were we only supposed to pick movies where he has like a leading role? Because no, you don't. My, you did. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. I, it's whatever. Anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah, I only have one where he's not the lead. I think. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. But well, maybe. yeah. Let's see, uh, I think we're going to John next. All right, my number nine pick is a movie called Mom and Dad. Nobody. I guess you can never heard a yeah, big surprise there. Okay, uh, <laughs> Mom and Dad is uh, directed by a guy named Brian Taylor. Uh, he directed the movie. I don't, if you could go from title just alone, uh, ooh, am I breaking you, up? Uh, cut out. I don't you know. Cut out. Okay, sorry. Uh, Brian, uh, this movie was directed by Brian Taylor. Uh, one of the movies that he directed is called this is. Gamer. That can pretty much tell you um, <laughs> sort of what's going on. So. The big idea of mom and dad is that um, one day, you know, in this like suburban American town, uh, you know, all all of the moms and dads, right, the titular moms and dads in the community get, you know, get the urge, the compulsion to start killing their kids, like their own kids. And that's the movie, basically it. And Nick Cage is in it. And Selma Blair <laughs> plays the mother figure, and she's really great in it. Um, I'm going to say right off the bat, uh, this movie, not great. Great in a conventional sense. Um, there are lo there's lots of there's lots of uh, scenes that don't really flow together, but the scenes that that you know work are are just incredible. There's a great scene um, sort of towards the beginning of the movie when you know the parents start to 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 to, to get the urge to kill their children, and you you see all of the kids are in school. Um, Nick Cage's family has two two children, and they're both kind of similar age. Um, and you see, like, the scene where all the parents are just, like, walking to the school gates. And just, at, there's this, just this moment where just, like, pandemonium happens. And, like, the parents scale the walls to the school. And they start running, chasing after their kids. And, like, you know, it, there's, it's not really, like, a bloody movie, actually. Like, there's not a whole lot of, like, on-screen violence. But there's lots of implied violence. Like, they're, like it's, they're crazy whips through the schoolyard where parents are like jumping on top of their kids, you know, stabbing their kids off screen. It's, it's a great time. Um, but the single best scene is, is uh, you know, obviously Nick Cage. Wh whenever he's on screen, it's the best time because uh, Nick Cage in this movie plays kind of like um, the, the Kevin Spacey dad character from American Beauty, except better. Uh, uh, he, oh he, he's like a, he's like a, that, that, that's, yeah. He's like he's sort of fed up with his job. He's fed up with the direction of his life, and um, yeah, he just goes nuts. He goes nuts with it. Uh, this is one of like the most Nick Cage Nick Cage performances, like where, where he just kind of goes wild. I know people are sort of turned off by that, but that's one of my favorite. Um, I, I, you know, I can't do this movie justice just by talking about it. 
there's there's a great scene where Nick Cage has built a pool table and some of Blair's characters like, well, why did you do this? We can't afford this. And the dude goes berserk. And he sings the hokey pokey and he starts breaking down the table with a hammer. Like, it's just like, yeah, exactly. I can't like explain it to you and have it do justice. I would just encourage you to just look it up on YouTube and watch it or just watch the movie. Um, it's just, just incredible. Incredible, <laughs> incredible stuff. Uh, uh, there are, it's not a it's not a great movie it's not a perfect movie like uh, personally i think <laughs> there needs to be more on screen violence like there, there's really no good way to put this but i think like more kids need to die on screen like it's not quite it doesn't have like the edge to it that i think it needs but it's so messed up it's like yeah yeah that's messed up but anyway sorry i'm going to stop blabbering on about it, like it i love this movie so great so great. If you uh, so have great. seen Extraction, I think like the best scene was when Chris Hemsworth picked up the kids and started like throwing them around. <laughs> that's that's not actually a movie that I like that much, but yeah, I agree. Anytime you get thrown around and stuff, it's, it's a good time. <laughs> it could be a good stress reliever for parents I'm when just, they watch that. Yeah. Oh, for I'm, sure. just, yeah. I'm just going to try to find a clip on the YouTube trying to see Nick Cage do the hokey pokey because I cannot get that out of my mind <laughs> oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, there's... Yeah, when... Any scene where he like talks about you know how why because Nick Cage's character in the past, um, it was like kind of a wild man like like you know cool great cars you know he's sort of like a whoremonger character. Um, that that's one thing that the movie actually does badly is that there's so many when he was like a kid or a teenager, where it, it, it starts that like really ruins the flow. But um, anytime he's like has some monologue about how his life is boring now is just it's great good stuff and the movie also has a really excellent twist um at the end which i won't spoil but yeah just love it it's good great okay sorry i no, i have to see it now no i, I am yeah, no, it's in my watch list already so okay. uh, i i still don't know if i'll just one last thing i still don't know if i'm gonna watch this just because when you said the director brian taylor i know where that guy's from i've seen one film from him that stars nicholas cage in one of the worst i've seen a lot of comic book movies this is one of the worst comic uh -huh. book movies i've ever seen <laughs> ghost rider spirit of vengeance the sequel that's directed by that guy and i'm like yikes so uh, yeah just want to say that yeah it is brian taylor right yeah it, it, it needs to double check Okay. Oh. Yeah, Neville Dean and Frank Taylor. <laughs> all right, that's that's all I got. Sorry, Stephen, all you. Yeah, uh, I think my number nine uh, isn't gonna uh, isn't gonna be spoken about much yet, uh, but it is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. <laughs> not the a, bees. Not the bees. Coming. Right. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. All right. Um, and that is not a detriment to the film. It's more that. Nick Cage has a pretty good filmography, in my mm -hmm. opinion. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my uh, number eight is National Treasure. Not the Beast. Not the Beast. Oh, wow. <laughs> you guys have this high on your list. Well, well um, <laughs> they, have, they haven't seen enough I'm hidden say... treasures in the, his filmography. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's me. Um, uh, all right. Well, yeah. My number eight is the prequel to Matthew's number 10, The Cruise, the original The Cruise. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, um, 
I was saving a little bit of my thoughts there because I don't, don't want to spoil it. But I, I prefer this film slightly more than the original. Also, Nicolas Cage have a bigger role in this film because the sequel, they focus with a second family and that there's like more expanded cast. This one is more on the main core of the Croods family. And if you if you don't know what this film is, it's basically just Nicolas Cage as a caveman and trying to survive as a caveman with his family. And then come this guy voiced by Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, who's like modernizing everything and he's like he's trying to keep everything like old school and everything so it's it's fun uh seeing, seeing nick cage as this uh father figure uh of a character to emma stone's character and uh, i just enjoy i just enjoy the family dynamic there's also good quips um in this film that i really enjoy uh, and just his banter my my favorite part is just his banter back and forth between his character and ryan reynolds character because it's like right now it's like this uh, young new kid on the block kind of thing and he's like oh i'm the father i know everything better you know so yeah yeah it's a, it's a fun time yeah it's hard to one up nick yeah uh yeah i didn't want to bring this up earlier but i think the one thing that like i just don't really like the overprotective parent trope and you know i hmm. it's you know it's used in the crudes but uh that's the only thing holding it back for me I, I think like everything else is still, you know, really enjoyable and, uh, you know, great score. I think uh, action is pretty exciting. So, yeah, uh, who's... I who saw this movie, about? I think, in theaters or at a drive-thru or drive-in. Drive oh, my gosh. Drive-in um, uh, <laughs> yeah, drive or it might have just been in a theater. Uh, but I, I barely remember it because it was I was a kid. Uh, there's like there's a character like the baby or the pet. What's its name? It's like I don't know. Oh yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the baby's name? It's like baby Sandy. something. What is it? Sandy, right? Is it? Oh, maybe it's the pet. The, there's like a oh, nickname belt. they used. And you if you're talking about pet, it's belt. I, the baby, okay, the baby never is Sandy, mind. Yeah. I don't know. There's some like they say something, or maybe the pet said something, or the baby said something. My family like used it as a catchphrase. I don't even remember what the catchphrase is now. <laughs> well, this is the, but, this is the pet. The dun, dun, dun. I don't know, dude. No. I don't know. Maybe it's not even from that movie, but I thought it might have been. Uh, so oh, but yeah, you know, that's pretty much all I got. About. I, know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I saw it, but I don't remember almost anything about it, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, because I was pretty young. But yeah, I remember enjoying it. Mm -hmm. All right, John, do you have anything to say? Um, like I said, with the other Crudes movie, I haven't seen this one, so no comments. Except I guess I'll uh, I'll go ahead and say again, uh, I'd like more Nick Cage in animated roles because it's just something yeah. I haven't seen. So yeah. He's getting Let's up there now, so Cameron. Okay. <laughs> I uh I doubt this is gonna be on anyone else's uh higher up, but you never know. My next my uh number eight is National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> 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 and you know I, I haven't seen it really, really recently, but I will say 
it's not that much worse from the first one. I think it's that, about on par. Yeah. It's yeah, and that's why you know it's on this list because it's not horrible. Um and it gets pretty crazy, you know. Just the whole concept of national treasure is just kind of hilarious and its own gimmick. Um so yeah, this was not too bad. Just and it's on here because it's honestly not that much worse than the original. I still think it's a little bit worse, but the fact that it's so close in quality just kind of astonishes me. Uh, I, I just want to say that isn't Bruce Greenwood the president in that movie? He is. He <laughs> always is the president. Like, I don't know what it is. Is Harvey Keitel, is he in it again? He's in it again. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's nice. Nice. And that can only yeah. help. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen this movie. Yeah, it's actually got like a pretty really? stacked cast. I'm surprised, Matthew. <laughs> I would have expected. I was halfway rewatching this just before the show. I have like 30 minutes left of the film. Um, and I, I'm with uh, Cameron. I don't really, I don't hate it. I don't really understand the hate for it. People apparently really despise it. I'm curious what John Seven said in the thing, and he's making faces. So I'm curious what he's gonna say. Uh, <laughs> no, I, but no, I think I, people's I biggest. <laughs> I think people people's biggest criticism is because it's the same trope again, and they just do it in a worse way. That's why people criticize yeah. it, I think. But I thought it's fun. Um, obviously, this plot is not as good as the first one, and it's kind of more insane. Um, but I, I I still think it's a it's a pretty fun film, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Steven, do you want to go or? Uh... I guess I'll also say I think I remember enjoying the like final action set piece in this film. They're like on Mount Rushmore, and mm-hmm. I think or something. And then they bring in another. They bring in more family dynamics, and there's more comedy to it. I think so. It's kind of fun too. Um, it's been a long time, but I've I I might have seen it like more than once as a kid. So I I have enough of a memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think it's basically as good as the first. And yeah, well, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. I don't go on too long. <laughs> all right, John. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go really quickly. Um, so this movie isn't on my list, but frankly, I, 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 I like <laughs> personally enjoy the first National Treasure better. Just it probably for nostalgia purposes, which is something I rarely ever sort of attribute to me liking a film for. Um, but uh, yeah, everything I love about Nash- the first National Treasure, uh, which I will save until we actually get to the first National Treasure somewhere on this list. Um, everything I love about this movie, I love about National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets because it just it's everything up. Like it's so it gets so involved in, in in the movie's like little mythos, which is just like you know American <laughs> trivia, like his American history. <laughs> yeah, and. I, but it, this is basically just a more insane version of that. Um, one of my friends on Letterboxd uh, puts it pretty pretty nicely. It's like it's a movie that where Nicolas Cage has a meet, an underground meat cute with the president of the United States. Like, <laughs> like how yeah. could that not be oh. something that people want to see on TV? Like, it's great. So I'll keep it at that. I'll say this though: both this film and the sequel, the FBI 
does the worst job possible. Like, how the heck do you not capture this guy? How does how does he escape him throughout the whole two films? Nick Cage yeah. is just that slippery. <laughs> okay. If that's it, well, let's go on to John's number eight pick. All right, I think this is probably going to get uh, beezed, but my number eight is the Richard Stanley film Color Out of Space. Not the bees. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Okay. It, it'll come up soon enough. Yeah. And I'm right. very excited for that to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, m- my number eight is uh, Wild at Heart. Um, this is a fun movie. Uh, you know, it's David Lynch, so it's got some weird moments. But it, this story's pretty straightforward. Uh, you got the two lovers defying uh, their, the, all these people around them and uh, their crazy, wild adventure. Just like, they're like, we love each other and we're <laughs> going to do some crazy shit. And there's some wild sex and some wild violence and you got a great cast. Uh, Willem Dafoe is like amazing in this, but I mean Nick Cage, who he's like, there's this like one cut where he's like, "Let's go, baby!" And then like Laura Dern's like dancing on the bed and she's like tapping her toes. She's like, "Yeah!" And then like zooms into her feet and then like cuts like, yeah, I don't know. I like that part a lot. Um, there's some really just like nifty edits and visual choices. Uh, and Nick Cage's costumes are, or not cut, co- but like what he's, yeah, costume. The costume design in this is pretty great. Uh, Nick Cage, he has like his favorite coat, and he like he's like it's representation of like my independence and my expression of freedom or something like that. And it's awesome. <laughs> that's not a, that's it's something like that. That's not what he says exactly, but yeah, it's just and yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, Maybe one of my lesser David Lynch films, but uh, not at all bad by any means. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, I have not seen this one, but I do need to watch it because I just need to watch more Lynch. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Um, I would really, I feel like it would get better on a rewatch because it is, you know, like a lot of Lynch's films, very character based. Um, Mm -hmm. you still get some surreal moments for sure. Uh, so it's not, he doesn't, there's certainly his stamp is on it. But yeah, Nick Cage is great. Laura Dern and him have a great dynamic. All right. Yeah, I wanted to get to that in wild or get to Wild at Heart in Red Rock, Red Rock West. That's hard to say, but those were two I wanted to get to, but I didn't have time. It's really depressing. Yeah, I've 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 never seen this film as well. Uh, My only knowledge of this film is that I uh, I looked over the Wikipedia page once when I was trying to write a question for Nick Cage category, so I know the existence of the film, but I just I don't really know much about it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie, so I won't comment. But like like Matthew said, I, I'm interested in watching more David Lynch. I'm about halfway through his films, so 
this one will be next since uh, after Stephen's comments. My interest is uh, uh, yeah. That's all. I, that's yeah, yeah. That's all I got. So Matthew can go right. on. All right. Well, moving on to my number seven pick. It is the Rock. Not the bees. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, go to Albert then. Okay, my number seven. It's going to be face off. Not the, not the bees. bees. Not the bees. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Cameron, what is your number seven pick? All right. Well, uh, I doubt we'll get bees here, but uh, my my next one is Frozen Ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the John Cusack one, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's it's watchable. <laughs> and, and that's fine. It's watchable. It, um, I, I think it's a little more watchable than uh, the second National Treasure. And Nick Cage is kind of playing a different kind of role here a little bit. Um, and the story's fairly engaging. And it's just, it's cool to see him and John Cusack in a movie together. Um, it's not the most original at all, um, as you might expect, but I enjoyed it. I remember watching it with family. It was just on TV randomly, and it was engaging enough for us all to sit there, especially because of Nick Cage, because you're just wondering, okay, Nick Cage is in it. You have to ask why. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's nothing groundbreaking at all, but I don't know. I just kind of liked it. the The story was kind of interesting, um, and it's not too bad. <laughs> but I can't say much more than that. <laughs> There's not much more to say that about it, about it than that for me. I'm just gonna ask. So, wasn't that the movie that was like number one on Netflix at some point? <laughs> like, I think it was. I don't like, doubt it. I don't remember. Probably like, like maybe are thinking of Blair? during the during the pandemic. I don't, what is it? Is are it, you thinking of Polar, the Mads Mikkelsen movie? I don't think maybe both of them are engines. So I don't know. I thought it was that one, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah, if you need something to watch and you're running out of a Nick Cage movies, is there you it go. based on a true story? It I is. think it is. I, I think it is. Yeah, yeah I think okay. so. Which that adds to it a little bit to make it kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Love um, it. Love the idiosyncratic picks. <laughs> uh, my my uh my pick actually already got not the bees. It was face off. So I will pass the mic over to not you. the bees. Yes, not, I, the, I bees. not the bees. You yeah. again? Okay, so we both, um, we both have it at seven. So I will go. My number seven is uh, color out of space. All right, let's go. John was looking forward to talking about this one. I just watched. This was the one Nate Cage I watched uh, most recently. Uh, I actually bought the Blu-ray. It was five dollars at Walmart, and I said, "All right," and I'm glad I did because it's a fun movie. Uh, pretty, there's some pretty good horror in here as well. Uh, there's some disturbing 
stuff for sure. Uh, if you like the thing, uh, there's more of that. A little, also some CG, but it's not. I don't think it's awful or anything. Um, it is low budget, and they do. There's like a particular shot. There's just like a bug, and like it's CG, and they do a good job of like rack focusing or whatever. So like, it looks more realistic because you know it's low budget. But like they have everything out of focus and it's like in the foreground. So like they're they're smart about the way they use their effects here. But anyway, uh, the movie itself, uh, I, you know, it started and it's not like super untraditional. Like it's just this family, you get to know them. And then Comet hits the earth and that's when things get interesting uh it's based very off purple lovecraft yeah it's based off an hp lovecraft story so naturally things are weird it's set in the modern time though so that's an interesting spin on it uh yeah pretty good performances all around nick cage is his usual awesome self here uh you know he does a good job and it, it works very well i think his crazy cage because like his character is shown to be more you know, early on. He's sane and, you know, but then things start to get crazy and that's when his character takes a turn, but he's not the only one that gets weird. So there's a lot of people getting weird in this one and it's pretty fun to watch. Not, not for the squeamish. I would say there are certainly moments that had my stomach churning and definitely I was feeling a little tense at moments as well, but. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Good Halloween watch for sure. Um, should I go over to you, Matthew, or can I take uh, over here? Oh, I, I haven't seen this one. It's yeah, I, I wanted to watch it, but it's streaming, so I didn't get around. All right, Albert. Um, I've I've never I've never seen it. Uh, I know I know of it, uh, but I've 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 never got a chance to see this one yet. So. Yeah, same here. Um, like this has been on my watch list for a long time. I've been really wanting to, but yeah, it wasn't on streaming or anything. But I'm gonna see if I can watch it uh, in October, maybe for the spooky season. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen, I agree. I I think this movie is great. I love this film. Um, so I guess I should yeah I should just to carry out uh, like sort of baton uh, from from Stephen is that. Um, when the comet hits the Earth, what happens is that um, there's a sort of this purple haze, the, the 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 titular color out of space that starts to sort of uh, sort of encapsulate everything. Um, in the original short story, uh, it, the the color out of space is supposed to be like this alien life form um, that like the color of which you can't like perceive. Like humans are literally unable to like understand what it is. Um, so. Uh, it's you know it's H.P. Lovecraft. Like his whole shtick, like in his horror writing, is that it's supposed to be like dread of something that you don't understand. It's supposed to be you know like the cosmic horror or weird horror. And um, in that regard, I think uh, Richard Stanley here, unfortunately, a, a real piece of shit person, but as a director with this specific film, he he does a really good job, I think, of of really capturing. Uh, sort of the existential not not only like the existential dread of most hp lovecraft that i've read but also he, he just i think he carries his his style like his literal writing style over 
too, which is uh, which doesn't sound right if you've maybe read H.P. Lovecraft and seen this movie, because there's also so much weird stuff going on in this film. Like, okay, um, Stevens kind of underselling it a little bit when he says that this movie is weird, because there is so much weird shit that happens in this movie. Some of it's like, you know, kind of just like, oh, that's like a weird thing. Like the movie opens with um, the daughter of the family, like doing this occult ritual on like the top of their uh, on the top of this hill. And then she comes down like dressed up in like this sort of witch outfit, like riding a white horse, which is a very odd image, right? And there's also like a really bizarre scene of oh, Nick Cage here, his Nick Cage, even more than mom and dad. Like this is most Nick Cage performance. His wow. performance comes off as like a little bit like Donald Trump, honestly. Do you, do you agree with me, Stephen? That, <laughs> yep. Like, there's, yeah, okay. there's some, well, apparently that's how his characters in Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. Um, I, I have not seen that, unfortunately. That's one I also I didn't think about. I, I didn't really prep for this list. And okay. I was like, if I had, besides Color Out of Space, I was like, if I had, I would have probably watched Vampire's Kiss as well. Yeah. But anyway. apparently the performance is very similar because he's going for a yuppie. Yeah. There. There, there are all sorts of minor details. Yeah. So, like, there are all sorts, sorts of minor details that you look at and you're just like, that's kind of odd. Like, for instance, um, the movie takes place on an alpaca farm. Uh, Nick Cage is an alpaca farmer, you know, uh, that's like a totally normal job that somebody would do. Um, and then the movie like goes from those little like weird things that happen to just outright just bizarre. Like, I, I don't even know, um, like the, the color out of space, this alien entity, like, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin, I don't want to spoil things, but like they, he, yeah. they, he fuses life forms. He, he takes, it really ramps up the body hoarder. Like if you if you like um like um Stuart Gordon or like Brian Usna films, uh, he like he really channels that here. And also like Steven said, um, I, I've heard a lot of people say that it's like, like that he also channels the thing in, in the movie, like, like with its like kind of body John horror Carpenter. Um, yeah, there's some other like in the mouth of madness also has mm -hmm. that element to it. Um, I, I can't. I, I mean, he's done it a few times in his films. So. Yeah. So, so I won't go too much longer, but just to talk about um, Nick Cage in this movie is that uh, it's true. What I said is true. This is his most Nick Cage performance. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's the whole like unnaturalistic, you know, German expressionists, you know, uh, nouveau shamanistic you know, type of acting that he peddles in every interview that he does, which is cool. Uh, but this is not that this is Nick Cage being Nick Cage. But there's also like moments uh, that it's just like his deliveries in between the craziness that's really interesting to me. Okay, so there's this one scene towards the end of the movie where he's in the car, at, like trying to run away from the, the alien entity, the, the color out of space. And he's trying to get away from his farm and get away from some family circumstances um, that, that happened in the movie that I won't spoil. But... Um, and the car won't start. He just goes nuts. He goes wild. He screams at it, just like expletives flying everywhere. And then he walks back into the house with his two children, totally exhausted, and just says, "Well, the car isn't happening." I don't. I don't really capture it like that. But like, it's like a like it's it's a space in between like these wild outbursts of Nick Cage energy, of which in this movie there are so many that I find really, uh, I don't, I don't want to say compelling because that's like kind of pretentious, but what, what I found interesting. What it, I find interesting. it sounds yeah. compelling to me. Yeah. yeah. This, I, I, mean, I, I, I didn't want to undersell it. 
mm-hmm. I guess, like John. But, you know, I do think it's one of those movies you have to watch for yourself. Yeah. I, I can't really describe. Um, and I think the less you know, the better. Definitely. Because I, I just knew it was going to get weird. And it had Nick Cage performance that was kind of weird. And, like, the, I knew things were going to get... It had horror. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it lived up to it and more. So... Yeah, there's a scene, and the movie's also like, not only is it crazy and, you know, horror and chock full of dread, it's also like the end I feel is pretty moving. Like throughout the movie, there's a fam- the family dynamic. There's Nick Cage's wife and his two kids. And then there's also sort of like a, a another, what is it? Like a kind of like a romantic interest of the daughter, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You, it's kind of, and, yeah, that. Yeah, and so like the family dynamic is actually quite moving, and then um, the the color out of space, like I said earlier, it sort of like transmogrifies, you know, like living flesh into this body horror stuff, and that happens to one of the characters in Nick Cage's family. It also happens to Nick Cage himself, but uh, and the scene where like the family is looking over at this kind of monstrous creation, and, and they're like trying to figure out what to do. It's very like actually genuinely moving stuff. Like it's, um, I I don't really know. It's like. It's so hard to describe, but I found it like pretty pretty emotional. It's an emotionally charged scene. Yeah. And Nick Cage I, I during agree. the scene, Nick Cage does Nick Cage. He does his Nick Cage thing, and it still works for me. I don't know. It, it might not work for other people, but this, yeah. I I don't know. Go watch this movie. I love it. It's great, Stephen. Great choice. Yeah, it's just good. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, so for my next, uh, because I wanted my uh, top five to only be a Nicolas Cage leading roles, uh, this is why it is at number six. Um, it is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Not the piece. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's go to Albert's number six then. Okay. Uh, my number six is that film right there, Mandy. Not the bees. Okay. <laughs> All right, my number six is National Treasure. Not the beast. Oh, oh. That's really high on your list. Okay. <laughs> Get pumped. All right. All right, I think it's my turn. Uh, my number six is the Martin Scorsese film Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, not the bees. Okay, I was expecting that. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, what's the next one on this? Uh, okay, it's uh, Rumblefish. Is number six for me. Uh, this is a... I, he doesn't have much of a role here, Nick Cage. So, uh, as another... All the other movies, he seems to have a bit more of a role. So, I will shout out Leaving Las Vegas as the honorable number 11... And that was his Oscar-winning performance. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, so there's that. But it just barely missed the list. Color Out of Space booted it off. Um, but, yeah, uh, Rumblefish, a uh, very great coming-of-age film. You know, it's a bit of – it's an art house movie. Uh, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, he kind of moved more toward these smaller-scale underground – maybe not underground, but – underseen or just not as mainstream films uh in the 80s and after apocalypse now and it's it's pretty awesome uh 
There's a lot of really nifty lighting. It's all black and white with some color uh, for the fish in the movie. Uh, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. I'm trying to think. Matt Dillon, uh, the lead. It's actually very, it's the same crew for The Outsiders. It's also based off an S.E. Hinton oh. novel. So for whatever reason, The Outsiders is the more well-known one. It makes sense. It is a bit more um, graspable. To, it's more wide. I can see why it's a bit more popular, just because it's a bit more wide attention. I read it yeah. for a wide audience. And yeah, the Outsiders book seems to be a bit more celebrated than the Rumblefish source material as well. Uh, but yeah, this one is based on S.E. Hinton's novel. Uh, same crew as the Outsiders came out the same year. Similar casting choice. Matt Dillon is also in The Outsiders. He's the lead here. You have uh, Diane Lane. It's like his love interest. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot of cool character interactions. Nick, the score is amazing. The soundtrack, very good. Don't Box Me In is a very good song. <laughs> uh, and that the final shot in this movie is just beautiful. There's a lot of really beautiful shots but the black and white photography works so well for this movie and there's a lot of like very you know german smoke like german expressionist i don't know if that's the right term but it's influenced by that i think and like there's that smoke screen and very you know expressionistic style there's a fight scene in the movie in particular that really showcases that and it's very cool and it's the only Francis Ford Coppola movie in the Criterion Collection, oh, which is oh, interesting. Is that true? Um, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, there was one thing I maybe was going to say. I, I, I don't know. There was something. And I got distracted <laughs> with the Criterion Collection thing. Uh, you know what? It's okay. I said enough go watch it yourselves it's very good yeah yeah it sounds really intriguing uh i know uh i've been kind of wanting to watch it i've heard things about it here and there but now i definitely want to oh yeah yeah i also want to watch it but i'm like yeah, is I trying to? I mean, when I watched it, it was on Peacock. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere right now. Not right now. Okay. Yeah, I've never, oh. I've never heard of this until you brought it up. Um, but it sounds interesting. I'll definitely add it yeah. to my watch list. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, I also haven't seen this movie. Uh, it, it has been in my periphery for a little bit. Um. I, the only footage that I've ever seen of it is um, from from a movie ad, you know, the streaming service movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know where where they loop like a like a scene from like a short scene for the movie three times in a row, and it's him like shooting the pool ball. But um, yeah, I it, this is definitely on my watch list. Um, I don't know how soon. I just watched the conversation the conversation recently. I think that was your movie pick, right, or somebody's movie yeah, pick? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was mine. Yeah. Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed that, and um, I haven't quite dedicated the amount of time that I should have um, to Francis Ford Coppola, 
Uh, so hopefully sometime uh, in the near future, maybe after Halloween, after I do like my little horror marathon that I'm trying to plan, uh, I'll start yeah. cranking some of those out, and that one will be uh, high on the list of something to yeah. uh, to watch. I remembered. I was just going to mention. I was like, it is funny, you know, Francis Ford Coppola being his uncle, and then he's mm -hmm. in it. And Francis Ford yeah. Coppola periodically uses family members in his films, so it's yeah. no surprise there. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Okay, I guess um, going number five pick it is uh, Valley Girl. So uh, this is Nicolas Cage's uh, leading debut. Um, uh, at movie club yesterday, uh, they were talking about Romeo and Juliet movies, and I was I, I couldn't bring this one up because I wanted to talk about it today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I really like the movie. Like it's very aimless and like coming of age. So it's just like kind of my taste, you know? And uh, I, it's basically Romeo and Juliet placed in the 80s, but instead of like the parents, it's like her friends from her school and like, so which is like a different take. And I just, yeah, yeah, I really like the vibes of the movie. Like it was just super charming the entire time. Nicolas Cage is just like supernatural as the out of town person. Like the smallest, like really small details just like some of the subplots felt unfinished but um mm -hmm. it's not like a big deal I, I still really enjoyed the movie so you said this was his oh. first leading role yeah yeah oh, okay because uh he he was in fast times at richmond hobby before yeah, but he was, he was in the yeah. Lead. yeah yeah okay yes yeah, the soundtrack is really good, you know. It's, it's like a time capsule of the 80s. You know, it came out in the 80s, but yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> it does transport you there. Well, if you liked it, I probably will too. And I can get behind those looser narrative movies sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. As long as just the themes are really interesting or just the character interactions are really interesting. And especially if it's Nick Cage's first lead role, I'm definitely on board. Yeah. He's super young, so, you know, hot Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it came out, this came out the same year as Rumblefish, apparently, so. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. this time. Cool. But yeah, I've never, I've never heard of this one, too. Um, another reason why I said I'm not qualified for this panel. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean... I'll I'll definitely add it to my one. Romeo and Juliet tropes is never it's not really my favorite, but if it's if they have a twist on it, if they have a different take on it, I mm -hmm. I'll I'll give it a try. I can go. Or Stephen D. Okay, what is the order of this? Like, who goes after? I don't know. It's uh, uh, I have got nothing to say. Like a snake, like a snake. I, I've like, got nothing to okay. say about Valley Girl, so don't worry. About okay. Me. Okay. Um, yeah, I really don't have anything to say. I've never heard. I, I mean, I am aware of this movie's existence. Um, I just have never seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't really made plans to see it. But since uh, Matthew gave it a good review, I'll definitely put it on my watch list. One thing, uh, looking it up sort of while other people were talking so I, I could get a clear idea of what was going on. Uh, I learned that this movie was directed by Martha Coolidge, who directed the movie Real Genius, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They spelled real wrong. And but. Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> Did I cut out there? I don't know. I'm a little you're bit good. at the end. We, we, you just, yeah. You're we fine. understand what you were going to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I wanted to bring another okay. thing before uh, going to Steven. Is that uh, I didn't know about this movie until the remake came out in 2020 uh, uh, and oh, with uh, Jessica Roth. And it's a musical. And that's how I know about it, like because it's a musical that came oh. out last year. And uh, they basically. That's interesting. Yeah. It's called the same thing? Yeah. So it's called Valley Girl, starring Jessica Roth. Okay. The, that's the Happy Death Day Girl, right? Yeah. That's right. The La La Land. Yeah. That too. <laughs> what what is it? The yellow dress girl from La, La Land? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Things that you only know because of trivia, right? <laughs> okay. um, Steven, do you have anything you want to say about it? No, I I have nothing. <laughs> I don't want to take up too much time <laughs> for a movie I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Albert, what's your number five pick? Okay, my number five, um, I already know it's going to get, uh, not the bees here, uh, The Rock. Yeah, not the bees, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, this might be the time to talk about it. Maybe not. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, my next movie on the list is kick ass now uh this not might the have base been... oh, oh God, all right the bees. all right okay stay tuned <laughs> okay um so my number five pick sorry wind talkers is my number five pick oh no okay <laughs> Am I not coming through? I, I don't know. My internet's not being spotty today. You're you're choppy. You are yeah. right now. Oh, it's choppy. Yeah, now you're fine. We'll see. How I'm fine now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, my number five pick is Wind Talkers. I don't think this is. I don't think anybody else has seen this besides Albert, right? Yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. Great. I'm ashamed. It has Nick Cage and it's a John Woo movie, John Woo. and I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. I am going to I am going to uh, say up front that um, if you don't like this movie, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> like, you've seen how the rest of my list has turned out. Um, yeah, it's a little bit spicy, but uh, I, my comments, uh, which are not very uh, extensive, but my comments are going to be about the director's cut instead of the theatrical cut. The director's cut is about uh, half an hour longer. Uh, it's at like the 150 minute mark, but. Um, yeah, so uh, just to provide a brief synopsis, Wind Talker is a World War II movie directed by John Woo uh, about uh, Navajo code talkers during the Battle of Saipan. So, right, the, the U.S. Uh, used, you know, uh, members of the Navajo tribe to create special codes during the war uh, so that when they were intercepted by the Japanese, they wouldn't be able to unscramble them. Um, this movie doesn't really doesn't really have a lot to say about that actual process um, because it's a John Woo movie. It's about the action. And uh, <laughs> when it comes to John Woo style action, this movie has got it in, in spades. Uh, I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with John Woo. I know that um, some of us have already not the bees face off, but uh, I think this movie, uh, I, I like this movie more than face off. Uh, but I don't know. The, the, it's so visceral. I, I don't really know how to explain it just because the way that 
like this action that that this, that this war action is put to screen is really unlike anything any other kind of World War II action that I've seen. Um, this movie is really qu quite unlike most other just World War II movies I've seen generally because I feel like with a lot of war movies from America, you you, you swing kind of one of two ways. You either have like the very patriotic, you know, America kind of movies like uh, th that you might get out of Mel Gibson, like The Patriot, or you might argue uh, like Saving Private Ryan, or you get these intensely cynical anti-war movies going the other way. Uh, sort of like uh, maybe Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, I don't really know if I, I can't think of a of a of a place that this movie really fits into that sort of spectrum because this movie is literally just about the action. It's literally just about things blowing up, uh, Americans going over to Japan and and just ripping shit up. Um, this movie, John Woo is like. Besides his action, he's known for in, in, like inserting lots of melodrama into his film, and I think um, that's one of the reasons why this didn't really resonate with uh, with American audiences at the time. Like this movie was savaged by critics and at the box office. Like I think Letterboxd has it at a two point seven average. Yeah, um, I think that's right. But I, I don't know. Like I I I feel like there's no. It's not cynical at all. Like it's just pure drama. Like John Woo just goes for it, and I think it, you know, works. There's, there's a, um, so the idea is Nick Nick Cage plays a, a soldier or a marine that's tasked with keeping um, his Navajo cold talker alive, or um, so that he doesn't fall into the Japanese hands. He has to kill him, uh, you know, before he gets captured. And so there's like a bond that that forms between them. Uh, that's. I don't. I don't really know how else to say it. It's just like it's very, I, I guess, touching, and also <laughs> like it, it's just John Woo going for the melodrama, I guess, and it's just like pure, unadulterated, totally without. There, there's some hilarious line reads in this movie, by the way, from Mark Ruffalo, um, who's, who <laughs> plays kind of like a supporting marine that just says things like, "Oh God, they're all dead. Oh God, they're all dead," <laughs> and it looks. It sounds like super cheesy in, in the moment, but it's like said with such conviction that you can't help but say, okay, you know, great. This is, this is fun. Like he's going for it. Cool. Um, and then there's also a, a subplot here with Nick Cage um, trying to get over, um, you know, sort of a failed mission that he led um, earlier during the Pacific War campaign. And I won't spoil that, but, you know, try watch him wrestle with that. Um, you know, as the movie progresses, is is really, it's it's really like, I don't know. I found it pretty pretty convincing. Um, I, I I'm overstating a little bit how much of this part I liked about the movie because like 99% of the movie is just action, just like <laughs> nonstop visceral action, and that's the part that I register with the most. But, um, yeah, uh, basically what I'm trying to say is a lot of the reasons why people might not have liked the movie back then is the same reason why. The same kind of kind of the same reasons why I like it so much. Um, it's definitely one of John Woo's least acclaimed, like it, it, one of his most underrated movies. And I don't like using really the word underrated, but it really is. Like everybody talks about Face Off. Everybody talks about you know his Hong Kong output, immaculate, incredible. Stephen can attest to that. But nobody ever talks about Wind Talkers, and I think that's really a shame because this movie I think deserves to be placed amongst those. Maybe not quite at the same level, but definitely within you know the same general area uh god that's just me rambling about this movie um 
Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. pass it off to Albert because he's seen it. And I know I can, he doesn't. I can like I, I can interrupt here. So yeah, um, yeah. there there is a reason why this movie isn't talked about that much. This movie is very mediocre, John. Um, uh, <laughs> I I found out about this movie because I was writing a presentation for my cryptography class, and this is one of the films that have cryptography in it because, like you said. Uh, the Navajo uh, language is used to as code. And I thought that was really interesting that they actually did that. And they didn't really explore it that much. They did very minorly. There's like one scene that's like pretty cool. And I thought it was pretty funny because the Japans were like, are they talking underwater? What is going on? I'm like, oh, that's funny. Uh, but the rest of the movie is just, it's 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 quite long. It feels long. It, I don't think it was that long, but it feels long. And there are there are small moments which I enjoy uh, the just relationship between uh, the main uh, Native American and um, with Nicolas Cage's character, but like everything else is like pretty standard. Um, there is like the generic bully who's like racist about the, about them being having to team up with the Native Americans, and and it's uh, it's like it's it's okay, but there is some parts which feels kind of out of line a little bit. They, they it just does it's uncalled for. Um, but yeah, the overall the overall film is just I don't know. I mean, you maybe you watch the director's cutting me. It's different, but the one that I watch is like it's very, it's very average, and I understand why people don't really talk about it that much. That's how I saw it, at least. No, I I don't I like again. I don't the the theatrical release is like not not as good as as the director's cut. The director's cut flows a little bit better. Um, you know, uh, does anybody else have any other comments? Because I'll just interject really quickly before. Uh, no, I, well, I'll just say um, I do love John Woo melodrama, uh, particularly in uh, his Hong Kong films. That's why they work so well. So I feel like I could appreciate Wind Talkers. And uh, also the uh, Red Cliff films, very much, I feel like, the same kind of thing where it's just a bunch of visceral action for 99 percent of the movie uh, so that's kind of cool too uh, so i feel like i would like this one yeah. uh, i haven't seen a single john woo movie and that's uh, a crime against <laughs> humanity i know uh, i was i wanted to watch this but i ended up watching another movie that uh, knocked off the crudes from my list so it was uh, the cruise was a honorable mention, but you know we already talked about it, so I'm bringing it up, uh, <laughs> and you'll you'll hear about it later, uh, I guess. John, you know you can say. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I just want to uh, reply to Albert because I totally like I totally get if you think that this movie is just mediocre. Like I am I am fine with that. I am empathetic. This is a very me like this is a pick for me. I'm not gonna try to convince people that like this is any like. Okay. Has any semblance of a good movie? Because if you don't, if you don't like John Woo, if you're not familiar with John Woo, and you're just approaching it as like an action movie, uh, it's it's a very standard warfare, um, and um, or or maybe just bad. But uh, to, to to comment about the the cryptography thing, that is one thing that I don't really like uh, about Wind Talkers is that like that's such an interesting part of American war history or just like history in general that I wish they would explore and they don't really touch on it. But again, the movie that's not really what the movie is about. The movie is about the relationship shared between the men 
uh, specifically like Nick Cage and his handler, and then also Christian Slate's, uh, or Nick Cage and Adam Beach's character. Adam Beach is a fantastic actor, by the way. Maybe not, and he's good in this, but he's great in other stuff too. And like Smoke Signals, for instance. Uh, and um, the other sort of, uh, yeah, the, the Nick Cage. Nick Cage's friend, Christian Slater, and then the other Navajo character whose name I, I forget. But yeah, I, I feel like the movie's more about like the bonds that they share and, you know, I guess trying to overcome racism. Like it, it does, the movie does have yeah. a little bit of a like, we solved racism vibe to it, which I get can also be quite a turnoff. Albert, you, you sort of alluded to that earlier, but uh, yeah. What, whatever this movie like doesn't achieve and sort of like the melodrama. Uh, which, by the way, the theatrical version really undercuts that part of it. Um, I think it definitely makes up for it in in the actual like staging, uh, the actual action choreography. So, sorry, I will pass it back yeah. off to Matthew for that. Colin or Albert. No, one one last thing. Like, uh, I I get that. I mean, it's John Woo film, so I wouldn't expect a very like deep analysis of the cryptography of everything, even though it's very fascinating. Yeah. But I yes. do would love to see like. A story of this, like in the same vein as Imitation Game, where they're more yeah. drama focused instead of like the action base. That would mm -hmm. be interesting. But yeah, that would be cool. I, I agree with you. If we had an Imitation Game style movie, um, I'm not huge on Imitation Game, but if we had that sort of treatment uh, mm -hmm. for this story, uh, I would be very, I would be very down for it. Just as like sort of somebody that's interested in the history of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. Okay. All right, um, uh, Colin, you did not miss. We anything. have not spoken about that. Yeah. It hasn't okay. even gotten not the bead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Steven. What is your number five? Pick? Yeah, uh, my number five pick. Hold up, I need it. It is. Oh, bad lieutenant, port of call, New Orleans. It's my number five. <laughs> Let's go. Pure de force by Nick Cage. This movie fucking rules. His performance is so just. This this is this might be his be best performance I've seen. Um, it's quite fantastic. <laughs> there are a few others. Uh, I but that's de it's definitely up there, top three for sure. As, well, top five, even honestly, I don't know. I'm not. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Uh, yeah, but you know, Werner Herzog. Uh, only seen this in Aguirre, The Wrath of God, but I loved both of them, uh, and they both are very much their own thing. Uh, it's interesting. I'm also a huge fan of Bad Lieutenant, the uh, Abel Ferrara film with Harvey Keitel, and then this is. Uh, and updated it's not very similar though they they seem pretty different for the most part um this film uh the Ferner herzog version is very much more of a comedy almost whereas um the abel ferrara one seems to be very you know serious a bit more like um, powerful per se i guess is a good way to put it it's got a lot of uh powerful story thematic elements to it that really adds it. and also Harvey Keitel is fantastic but his performance I could see how someone finds it silly whatever but I, I'm not here to talk about that I would be here way too long I need to keep remembering to hold back I don't want to keep people up until midnight uh, but yes uh, 
fantastic. There are some really amazing scenes, and the film looks amazing too. Um, I think it was shot on digital, uh, but it definitely takes advantage of that. I'm not an anti-digital person, especially if you're not trying to make it look like film. You're actually just like embracing the practicalities of digital and how you can make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think this does it pretty well. Uh, there's just you see Nick Cage just constantly doing debauchery. And it's just insane. There, there, John was talking about it yesterday with me. Um, there's a scene in particular with reptiles. <laughs> and there's some really surrealist moments in this film. And the ending is so, like, over the top with just, like, how it all comes together. Like, I thought it had to be a dream. And it wasn't. And, like, it actually <laughs> was happening. And I was like wow okay they're really doing this and it's really funny to see it all go down the way it does and just it's like it's almost like watching like oceans 11 or just like this really elaborate crazy heist movie and you're just like how the heck are they gonna pull this off and then it like happens you're like holy shit like that was insane um it does this movie does kind of drag though admittedly like it it is much more care, uh, just kind of like people interacting. Uh, and But I, I feel like it would get better on a rewatch, especially the performances and whatnot. A lot of great supporting roles as well. Uh, I can't think who of all, who's in it, but I know there are some good actors in this movie and they do a great job as well. So I think, um, oh, it's uh, the girl from... Training day is Denzel's Eva, wife. Eva, Eva Mendes is here. Eva Mendes. Yeah, yeah. She, she's in it. Uh, and she's, I think, his girlfriend. And it's a pretty interesting dynamic there as well. So, yeah. And then his parents are involved too at one point. And it's just, it's it's such a weird dynamic of things. And it's, it's funny, tense. It's great. Great movie. Strong recommendation. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know about this movie. I knew about the, you know, about the time, but I didn't know about uh, yeah. Werner Herzog. So. And uh, funny enough, Werner Herzog, when he was making it, like he, he was about to make it, and like Abel Ferrara found out, he was like, oh, like they didn't ask for my permission or anything. And then Werner Herzog's like, oh, I've never heard of that movie before. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And then they like talked about it, and like I guess they're friends now because. <laughs> There's a picture of them having like dinner or lunch together and they're vibing. And I was like, wow, that's so cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's all I got. I had the wrong name to actually be bad lieutenant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not bad. It's the bad lieutenant. So I guess, yeah, it's kind of. That's <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. The bad lieutenant. Yeah. I just said without the thug because, you know. I mean, there is, there is no duh in the actual title. Oh. oh, yeah, there is no the. I didn't think so, but then you put... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Another box. Yeah, it wasn't on my radar before, but it definitely is now, at least for the Nick Cage performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, John? Uh, yeah, I haven't... <laughs> I haven't seen this movie. Uh, I I watched a lot of clips from it just so I could get a better sense of like you know Nick Cage performance style, 
And uh, yeah, no, this is rocketed to the top of my watch list. I was talking to Steven about this <laughs> yesterday. Uh, I have a DVD of it sitting like oh, wow. literally with an eyesight. I can literally see it from here. Wow. And I just haven't, I haven't cracked it open. Um, just if you, you look at the title, you look at the, you know, like the DVD arch on the front, like the poster art. It looks very like Walmart bargain bin core. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's and, why I didn't check it out as soon as yeah. I should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like a really wordy title, and but you mm-hmm. just from what I've seen, like this, it, it is not that in the least. Um, Nick Cage is just he again. He's like crazy in this, but like actually, sort of, kind of, kind of modulating the the Nick Caginess of it. He's going for, you know, like the, the typical whatever, the, the styles of acting that he always talks about in his, in his, in his interviews, like German expressionism, <laughs> you know, nouveau shamanism, whatever. Um, I just want to talk real quick about the, the reptile scene because that is so funny. It's so funny. Um, it's just, Stephen, can you elaborate on what exactly that scene is? I, like, I want to uh, hear it from you because it's... So he's got an interaction with, I think, I mean, I don't want to spoil, but the plot isn't super important, I guess. And honestly, I kind of forget what even happened. It's it's not really a spoiler. It's just uh-huh. he's uh, in the, basically, he's infiltrated, like, some drug, uh, uh, drug uh, empire, sort of, or not empire, but just, what's the word? Just, uh, sure. oh, I was going to say mob boss. He's not a mob boss. Yeah, just whatever uh anyway people that sell drugs is like the head honcho he's like infiltrated them and i was like he's got these pets and they're like nick cage looks at them weird and there's this whole surreal moment where there's a bunch of gunfire going on and like yeah it's just a wild ride uh you don't you know and there are it's really weird how Werner herzog chooses to shoot in this room because he'll like have these super close-up shots on these like uh these like lizards or whatever they are and it's just it's like what the heck of a i i really enjoy it (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a very werner werner herzog thing where he just like fixates on kind of like the weird other details um to you know to quote him from burden of dreams to sort of capture this overwhelming and collective murder you know uh yeah yeah uh, steven I mean, he did a great job of, of describing it. But again, like, this is another thing that you just kind of have to see for yourself. Because it's yeah. so funny. You know, and uh, I will admit, like, I oftentimes I forget, like, even the plot of a film I watched a month ago. Because uh, I usually just remember the feeling of it more than anything. And I definitely remember the feeling of this film. So that is a strong recommendation there. It's poetic cinema. Right. <laughs> Um, now we move on to uh, the number four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My number pick is leading Las Vegas. No bees. Um, no bees. I probably about as Matthew, you're you're very choppy right now. We can do it. Yeah. Uh-oh. He's he said right. he's gonna leave and come back, I think. Yeah. Okay, he's gone. Hurry. He succumbed to alcoholism. <laughs> uh, everyone do your best Nicolas Cage impression while we wait for Matthew. 
Not once, not one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm gonna quote from I'm gonna quote from mom and dad. My kill ratio was nine out of ten. I was one hundred percent sex. <laughs> not the base! Not the base! I had the world by the balls. I remember <laughs> I remember that when I was I remember that when I was like like it was four minutes ago and I don't know. That's so... Sorry, sorry, baby. Oh. Also, I want to apologize in advance for anybody that has to listen to me rambling. I literally prepared zero notes for this, so. Uh, oh, me neither. Oh, okay. No, I. I didn't have notes at all. Okay. <laughs> good. You're good prepared alone. podcast guest. All right. I like it. Listen, uh, we're just talking. We're spitballing here. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, Who all the notes I have is just it's just it's just the list. That's that's all my notes. Yeah. I don't have yeah. anything. Just a couple just of things busy. thrown out. Yeah. Well, while we're waiting for him, uh, Albert, how was the how was the uh, Hawkeye trailer? Good. All right. Watch my trailer. Is this plugging it right? All right. Is it, the, plug is it a show? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's it's yeah. Disney Plus. It's Disney Plus. So yeah. Gotcha. When does that come out? November. Okay. Oh, that's soon. Mm-hmm. There's so much content, bro. It's insane. Yeah. No. It's a real death march. <laughs> Besides some yeah. um, movies that we're probably going to talk about later, has Nick Cage ever been in another superhero stuff? Has he been in uh, any other superhero stuff? Yeah. Teen Titans go to the movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. He plays Superman because he was supposed to be Superman. (laughs) I'll say this: if if it wasn't, he named his kid Kyle, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He named he literally named him Kyle. Okay. Yeah, Matthew's back. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Matthew. Uh, Is it any better? You're a little better. Slightly. Okay. Uh, What was the last thing I said? Just hear me say that I watched Leaving Las Vegas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Yeah. Uh, this was. This is a very different like Nicolas Cage movie. Cause it's definitely like it's not. It's not like a movie that you just like put on anytime. Um, it's very harrowing. Like it's Nick Cage. Basically, he plays an alcoholic, and he's an alcoholic throughout life. Yeah. And then he goes to Las Vegas after he uh, loses his um, just like. He loses his job and everything, and uh, and he meets uh, Elizabeth Shue, who is a prostitute. Oh, um, I just got over the message. So, oh, I, I texted him that he's very robotic. I think he saw okay. that message and he's trying to try again. Yeah, yeah, I could hear it, but it was it was the best. Yeah. Have any of you seen this movie? I have, yeah. Oh, the internet was my that I mentioned it as my honorable mention. I didn't know if you had seen it. I think it's better. (laughs) I talking? Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Hey, man. You're still choppy, but we can hear you. Yeah, Yeah. it's better. We can give it. We'll try. Yes. You stopped at Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's where he meets Elizabeth Shue, and I, you know, I think I really enjoyed that like their uh, connection. Like I think they have chemistry together. you definitely like connect with Cage's character, and you just like you want him to get better. I feel like he does a really good job at portraying, you know, portraying him. I so yeah, uh, 
Definitely in like an Oscar-worthy performance. I don't remember the other nominations to tell you who I think I should have won, but you know, I think he, he did really well. Um, yeah, I, I, I have never. Oh, I guess I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're finished or not. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was gonna say go. Yeah, Albert, go. I've never seen this film. I've been meaning to watch it. Um, not for Cage, but more for Elizabeth Shue. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've been meaning to watch this, and the the premise is interesting. So, I'll get I'll get to it one day. Yeah, pretty similar sentiments for me. Um, I've heard things here and there about it, and it does sound interesting. And I, I'm always finding a reason to watch more Nick Cage anyway. So uh, I definitely want to get to it. And I do like Elizabeth Shue a lot as well. So, um, Yeah, I'm sorry I can't really back you up on this one. Um, I know that the performance is good. I've seen clips, but I haven't seen the movie, so I can't. Uh, really speak to it. Um, since you did mention it, though, I will I will throw this out here. Nicolas Cage in 1995 uh, beat out Richard Dreyfus, who played the titular Mr. Holland in Mr. Holland's office. Uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, playing Richard Nixon in Nixon. He beat Sean Penn uh, in Dead Man Walking, and he beat Massimo Troisi uh, in Il Postino, or The Postman. So um, I don't... Saying, that's the film where he died uh, making the film. Yeah, yeah. He... I, he uh, it, the little note there says posthumous, so yeah. I, I don't know uh, if you can... Was, I know. So the story is, like, he was diagnosed with cancer. So, like, he knew he was dying, but he, like, really thought it was important that the film be made. So he basically, like, instead of going through with treatment, he said, no, I'm going to make this movie because that's how important it is. And And then he ended up dying, like, just after it was finished. So... Wow. Interesting tidbit wow. there. But yeah. But yeah, uh, Nick Cage is great in this. There, there's the famous scene of him. Um, another scene of him tipping over a table. Uh, yeah. That's probably like the image that I most associate with leaving Las Vegas. And, um, and Albert, I also agree. Uh, I really like Elizabeth Shue. And uh, I haven't seen this movie. And, and I don't know much about her role in this movie. So I'm going to look forward to seeking that out. All I know is she plays a prostitute, if I'm wrong. If I'm, if I'm yeah. correct. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah uh, I like this movie. Admittedly, barely remember it. Not because it's bad, more because it's been like at least five years, maybe, maybe four. Um, something like that. Uh, I I remember watching and liking it. Uh, it had a sort of hypnotic feel almost where you just kind of you're just like looking into this world like you're very curious about these characters and you just want to like know what's happening to them um i guess yeah but i i don't really remember what happens very much so if i were to watch it again it would be like a first time watch basically um, uh -huh. yeah that's all i got there okay well let's uh go to albert's number four Okay, my number four is Kickass. I think I think someone said it earlier. I can't yeah, remember. yeah, that was my number five. Okay, okay, so slight, slight, not the beast, but yeah, Kickass. Kickass is my number four. Um, I think this uh, he has a supporting role in this one as Big Daddy. Um, so it's not he's not the leading role, but I think his role is big enough in this film. And this film is just a lot of fun. It's super 
it's basically if you've never seen it it's just a super grounded superhero style of like what if a regular kid in high school decided to be a vigilante well you get that kid will get the shit beat out of him which is what happened to Aaron Taylor Johnson's character um but yeah it's a it's a very it's a very grounded film Matthew Vaughn directed this um and the whole the whole the whole film just a lot of fun great soundtrack Chloe Grace Moretz I don't know how old she is in this but she's really good uh for uh, her performance here mm-hmm. um and yeah obviously Nick Cage played a father to Chloe Grace Moretz there's a good uh, father-daughter dynamic there um and uh am i allowed to should i spoil this film it's most people have seen this right yeah it's going yeah. forward yeah yeah when uh his character nicholas Cage's character got killed in this film and like i thought the ending like the farewell between uh the his character big daddy and hit girl was kind of touching it was it was bitter it was bittersweet it was a sad moment uh but it's it's you can tell he's having fun He's, he's trying, it's like, it's a very zany father kind of thing. I don't know how to describe inside from that, but yeah, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with you a lot there. I think the whole movie just comes together really well. There, there's so many uh, pretty solid parts that fit together really well. I, I like the cast a lot. I think it's hilarious and it fits so well that Nick Cage is playing Big Daddy and he's good in it too um, and it works. Um, and like you said, the dynamic with the hit girl is actually really good. And, and just, you know, I, I liked all the different characters and um, the the story. Maybe it was um, not the most original thing, but I thought they uh, they did it really well and like the score a lot too. It was just really enjoyable. Um, it maybe wouldn't be on here if I saw another uh, leading Nick Cage movie, but I, I think it's a great movie to put on there since I didn't have another one because I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah, so... Um... Uh, yeah, I like Nick Cage in this. Um, he, he's one of the parts of this movie. I haven't, I saw this movie about two years ago, so my memory's a little bit murky. Um, but he's definitely a part that sticks out to me. I like the little rapport that he has with Chloe Grace Moretz in it. Um, I like, you know, sort of the inspirations that he draws on. I heard somebody say that it's kind of, he like draws on like Adam West Batman, uh, a little bit in that. And I, I, yeah, I definitely see that. And it's a little bit edgier. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's kick-ass. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about the movie in general. Uh, I have mixed feelings about the guy that directed it. I, I won't get into any of that. But yeah, it's it's pretty enjoyable. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie at all. Um, and there there are things that I liked about it. There are things that I don't I don't really like about it. Um, but I, I'm not a big Aaron Taylor Johnson guy. Uh, that's just mm. I'll just put that out there. I don't I don't really like that character. But I like sort of everybody else that exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the periphery of him, especially Chloe Grace Moretz, I think it's a great idea to, to uh, you know, to have you know a girl that young do thing do the things that she does action wise and you know, mm-hmm. uh, vigilante wise. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna come off as a hypocrite and say that I like hate this movie and but also love Mom and Dad, which is even more juvenile <laughs> and stupid. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it's I it's it's a film, it's a movie that just kind of exists for me. 
I, I don't really have too much, uh, too many splendid things to say about it, except that I like Nick Cage in it. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Stephen, all you. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched this movie also like two years ago and I remember really enjoying it, but like over time I've kind of become more like John was saying, just kind of mixed on it. Um, it, it, it's not something I really feel like revisiting again. I'm not the biggest Matthew Vaughn fan, but uh, I do uh, I do enjoy moments of it. I like uh, the uh, I think Nick Cage. Honestly, he seemed kind of weird, and like I mean, he is supposed to be weird, but like his role felt weird, maybe. Uh, but Chloe Grace Moretz, of course, we've all talked about her. And yeah, so, Nick Nick yeah. Cages is like his character is almost like he's trying to go full Nick Cage, but they're holding him back in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sort of sense that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it feels kind of like halfway to what he usually is. So yeah, maybe that's I don't know if that's how you felt about it, but that's how I felt of his character at least. Yeah, and then um, the also with the ending, the third act being like. So the top after the uh, after the yeah being so over the top after like uh, what came before being more grounded kind of I guess and so it it doesn't meld super well but yeah it's still fun enough yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess I just don't have a ton to say about it yeah. I haven't seen it since, I want to say, 2011 or 2012. That was like when I saw it. And I remember Clay Grace Moretz is great. I've seen like clips online uh, more recently, but just haven't seen the movie since you know, when I last watched it. So, yeah, don't have a lot to say. Yeah, no, this is Clay Grace Moretz is the star of the film easily. So yeah, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like it when it leans into the juvenile kind of you know version <laughs> of it. Yeah. But then there's a there is a point in that movie and I feel like with some of the other Matthew Vaughn that I've seen where they push the juvenile sort of like humor or the like mm. just the juvenile energy so far where it's like, okay, now now it's starting to become a little grating. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if other people feel that way, but no, I um, agree. I, I, I would probably it's, it's, agree. It's there in every Vaughn film. Yeah, generally, generally speaking, yeah, that's not, that's. I don't think that's like a particularly novel take on Matthew Vaughn, but uh, yeah, I think the movie is fun. Sorry, I interjected there. My bad. I'll pass okay. it back to you guys. I'm done. Okay. Uh, Cameron, what is your number four? My number four is Raising Arizona. That not is also my number four. So not the bees. No, not the bees, but oh, okay. Cameron, you start. You yeah. start off though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, number four as well. Didn't Matthew? Well, Matthew said not the bees as well. Yeah. yeah oh, so we'll, oh. Oh. Yeah. We'll. we'll uh, <laughs> Sorry. We'll be... My bad. I don't know if I cut out or something, but you know we heard it. Okay. Well, then let's go to Stephen. You're number four. Uh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, my number four. It's. I think I know what it's. Wait. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> number four is Face Off. Not the bees. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. Well. Let's see where. My number four. 
number three is adaptation. Not the bees. <laughs> okay. Albert. Uh, my number three has been mentioned by everyone else. I believe it's National Treasure. Oh, uh, right. I have it. I have it pretty high up. Um, this film is this film is nuts as ridiculous, but it's just so cool, man. I don't know. It's just it's literally a treasure hunt movie, following American history, and I thought it's just really cool. Um, and the fact that he he went to Washington, he went to Philadelphia, and back to New and New York, and everything. Just the whole the whole thing that it takes place all in the East Coast is really neat. And this is literally. I'm frozen. Someone's watching a playback. You're um, good. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm not a history geek. I'm not a history nerd. But like, I feel like someone who loves history would really enjoy this. Maybe I don't know. Um, but it's just it feels so much like it's Indiana Jones, but for history geeks. It's literally what it is. <laughs> it's it's a treasure hunt story. Um, it's ridiculous. It's over the top. Um, but it's it's just it's just really fun. Uh, and um, um, I also have I also have this film in my cryptography presentation because there is cryptography involved <laughs> in this film. So, yeah, uh, it's it just have a lot going for it. Uh, Diane Kruger is good in this one, um, and yeah, I, just, I I definitely think this is better than the original as well, and this than the sequel as well. So yeah, I'll mm -hmm. stop at that for now. Yeah. I don't know if I'll have too much to add on to it because it's been forever since I've seen it, but you know, it, it is just pure fun and it may be stupid, but it's fun. Uh, just all the, they, they really go all in into the concept and it, it's kind of a silly concept, but to me that just makes it better. Um, and yeah, Nick, Nick Cage is good in it and, I think it's just fun that they go to all these different places, like Albert said. Um, and it it was a huge cultural phenomenon, too. It it had a huge impact uh, on our culture uh, in kind of a funny way, which is also kind of a novelty for me uh, to look back on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll... I will echo everything that Albert and and Cameron said. This was my number ten on my list, uh, just to throw back. Um, and I'm maybe not quite as hot on on this film as you guys are, but I I do really really enjoy uh, this movie, and uh, really for the reason that Cameron said. Because to be honest, like it's not, it, it doesn't have a lot of like flair in terms of direction, and even Nick Cage is like kind of reserved here. He's just sort of reserved. Yeah, it's, it, it's not really like there's really no notable anything really notable you can say about his performance he doesn't go he doesn't go wacko in it but it's just so absorbed into its whole cryptography uh you know tr tr scavenger hunt across the united states american history inspired mason thing and i find that totally awesome and cool and you know it's so absorbed in in you know that that whole mythology of of the film which is really stupid it's like it's kind of <laughs> dumb but like come on it's super fun and i think yeah. i think that's great i think it's great i really like john void in this too i like him as the dad in this movie uh i think he's great and um also what's his name uh, justin bartha bartha is that his name bartha yeah uh, he it's almost like he was 
like born for the role of like sidekick. <laughs> is it Riley? Is the it's Riley. Riley character? Yeah, yeah, yeah Riley. Okay. He is he is like perfect, absolutely perfectly casted as like the sidekick to you know sort of like a Nick Cage mid two thousands family action adventure movie. Like he fits the bill perfectly. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's well, yeah, it's I like it a lot. So yeah, uh, that's, I. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say that hasn't already been said. And, you know, just to comment on the Riley character, when I was growing up, like, our family, we liked the Riley character. Like, I would, because it was a family favorite, you know, it's a good family film. And, uh, yeah, it was, that was always our, we liked talking about Riley. We would talk <laughs> about Riley. I don't know. It's funny to me, though, looking back on it, because I rewatched it, um, like, two years ago. And I was like, this movie doesn't hold up like I thought it would, but it's it's fun anyway. Regardless, I I still enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know it is. It's very much an Indiana Jones light. It really uh, is. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I you know I love Indiana Jones. Um, it may be you know it. This is much more a children's movie though, so it does kind of suffer a bit just for that. And, you know, you got Sean Bean. We haven't talked about Sean Bean. Uh, he's great as well. Uh, it's very much a Sean Bean role. <laughs> uh, like, if that's a typecast. Ever, it's mm-hmm. weird because, like, Nick Cage doesn't feel typecast at all. Like, I, I mean, I mm-hmm. think the only reason he did it is because he went to high school with John Turtletop. So, <laughs> uh, oh. but, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. And I wouldn't have called Nick Cage a good actor. And like five years ago, I would have said he was terrible. And I don't think he's particularly good in this. He's kind of just like awkward, which his character is a little awkward naturally, but it like there's not much human connection I feel with his character. So it's one of my least favorite performances of his, honestly. But I still enjoy the movie enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, just just to interject real quick before we get to Matthew, his character is super awkward and super nerdy and geeky. Yet somehow the way he delivers the lines makes it sound super cool. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, only can, only well, Nick Cage. I'm Cage. going to do, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. But like he doesn't say it like a badass. Like I had way too much badassery in my voice. He's like, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence, but it doesn't sound like. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I don't remember the last time I uh, watched National Treasure, but I definitely watched it in like elementary school for you know in class. So <laughs> for a class? Yeah. Hey, what class is it? Oh, he's muted. History. Oh, you're muted. Oh, some, oh, no. I, I think there's someone in the room. Yeah. Probably oh, U.S. Well, history. Well, I watched well, this well Matthew. Gym class. Yeah. yeah, I just I I just rewatched this today. I already submitted the list yesterday, obviously, but I, I rewatched it just to be sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the music is great. Also, um, when I went to Philadelphia this past summer, uh, when I passed the Independence Hall, I'm like, I don't, I don't associate me because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just ignorant and not American. When I see that, I associate that with National Treasure instead of the actual place where they signed the Independence Hall. No, that, that's the right way to do it. Also, a lot of good set pieces here too. Just want to get that out of the way as well. Mm-hmm. Just like from what I remember, I remember uh, the Declaration of Independence scene. Like I, I remember like 
if, uh, at the store, you know, with all the other fake Declaration of Independence. It's like, mm -hmm. I, there's like so much I still remember from like watching it in elementary school. Like, I remember going to like the Liberty Bell and all that. But I, mm -hmm. I, I uh, have it at number eight just because um, I just haven't seen it in so long. Mm -hmm. But there's still a ton I still remember. So, yeah, this is probably my favorite John Turtle top film. So, I don't know yeah, if I can name another John Turtle top film. Uh, well, the well, sequel, National cool Runnings, Sorcerer, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Another <laughs> okay. Nick Cage film. Yeah, yeah. another. Uh... Nick Cage is oh. helping him out. <laughs> I guess. Right, um, we go yeah. to Cameron. All right. All right. My number three, that would be a face off. Okay, not not I'm not getting out the beast, so <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if I'll have be able to have as much to say as the other people, but, but I I just really enjoyed it. Um it had a lot of fun ideas and it you know, it's John Woo. Um it's got a lot of uh fun action set pieces and two great um maybe not charismatic but just two really fun crazy uh, performances that uh, take turns uh, for our two leads that face off here um i i think if you're if you're going to choose anybody that's going to act like nick cage uh john travolta <laughs> is probably the best bet or the best person you could pick um because I, I don't know when he when he's acting crazier in the later parts of the movie I, I he sells it for me he changes his voice and everything um it and it's just fun to watch him on screen but yeah nothing beats the very beginning when Nick Cage is um just going off um there there's some classic moments that grabbing some ass yeah <laughs> and <sighs> I know it that is just classic and I watched it recently and it was just so funny to experience that for the first time but yeah there's that and there, there's some crazy fun action as you might expect and some melodrama too um I don't think it melded that well all the time the melodrama going back and forth from the John Woo cheesy action like a plot that they had, but just the really fun ideas they had just with the magnetic field prison and just all that kind of stuff. The way they uh, did the face operation, those are just crazy ideas that are just so creative. And even if it doesn't really make sense anymore, some of those ideas, it's just a fun time capsule and it, it adds to the movie for me. I, I thought it was a great time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go. I, a lot of what Cameron said, I, I, I agree with, I, I'll, I'll echo it. Um, I, I, yeah, Nick Cage is, I love Nick Cage in this. Uh, he's, he's, I don't know. I, I love John Travolta in this too. I think they're so perfectly cast in those roles. Uh -huh. I know that I also like, like they weren't, um, like whoever wrote this, they weren't the studio's first pick. It was supposed to be like an Arnie and Sly vehicle, right? Which is, I don't, that I don't really, no. yeah, I don't, 
I mean, that would have been. All, I would have watched that's, the hell that's, out of that. That's that's true, I, by the way. I just found it the, sounds just found fun, yeah. but it doesn't sound like they'd be good picks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I think Cage is like his performance here is genuinely great. Um, I don't know. Just um, obviously, there's the caster Troy opening scene that Cameron said. I, I can't say much more about that. He's great. And, and if there's one thing that I would fault this movie for is that you don't, they don't, John Woo doesn't let him do more of that. I think Nick Cage has even gone on record saying that, like, I wish I could have done more of yeah. caster Troy. Um, but yeah, it's such an absurd concept that totally works. I love it. It's great. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's there's the melodrama part of it uh, that that Cameron also alluded to that I also think works in in the John Woo way. And then, of course, there's the action. Uh, you know, I like Wind Talkers more than than I do Face Off. That that's like an absurdly nuclear take, I think, for most Woo heads. <laughs> but um, the action here, like, it's undisputable. It's his trademark style. I am all for it. Just you know, beam it right into my eyeballs, into my brain. Uh, I will let uh, I will let Stephen extol the virtues of this movie because yeah, I'm not sure I could. But go ahead. It's so it's it's so fun. Um, you know, uh, of it's it's when Nick Cage was at the height of his powers, really uh, coming off hot from uh, other great summer blockbusters, and you get this. I mean, he had three. You know, '96 uh, he had The Rock, and then. 97 he had face off and con air in the summer it's like what a just an, an unbelievable like he was the a-list action movie star in the mid to late 90s which is weird to think about yeah. now but it was true um and i think this movie is a great example as to why he's got this unbelievable skill the way he portrays his characters um and it is cool to see you know, John Travolta and Nick Cage going at it, and they like are playing the their other characters, and so it's funny to see them like imitate each other, uh, and they 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 really pull it off. Uh, I really they really sell it. Uh, there's some really fantastic set pieces. You got the doves because it's John Woo. Um, and it's like yeah that that prison escape in particular is quite exciting it's so absurd but it's amazing um and also we've got uh the one of the great character actors um uh oh what's his name shoot i keep thinking of his character's name in zodiac uh, the arthur the guy who plays arthur lee uh john carroll lynch john carroll lynch, john carroll lynch. Uh, lynch. Oh, in and mm -hmm. he he's you know he doesn't have much to do but it's john carroll lynch and he's always great in the small role that he has mm -hmm. uh yeah it's absolutely fun yeah there's uh that there's a boat chase in this that's like superb <laughs> and the way it ends is even better the ending yeah. uh, it's and yeah and also that opening is like so melodramatic but it works so well it sets the tone for me. It's just, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. Love this one. Love John Woo. It, it's a testament to John Woo that I, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know what I say. It's his number four, maybe number five film of this I've seen. I can't remember. Might even be six. I'm, I'm trying to, no, I'll say at least five. 
I don't know if I like Hard Target more than this one. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one I like more. I made a John Woo list though, so. But yeah, uh, great, great, uh, great film. Really fun. Uh, yeah, that's all. I have not seen this because it is not streaming. So, but it's been on my watch list. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I it guess it was on I Amazon go, Prime uh, for a really long time. Oh, really? I, yeah, I got the Blu-rays. Right, so I'll I'll go. I watched this. I haven't watched this since high school. I saw it in high school, so I don't remember much of it. I do know that this is my first John Woo film I ever saw, and probably the only John Woo film that I sort of like. Um, <laughs> the other two being When Talkers and Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. So yeah. Those are, I think, poor examples. Though. <laughs> Fair. That's why. That's that's why. Uh, but yeah, I, this film on premise is ridiculous. You're swapping someone's face to it another it's it shouldn't work yet it does and i just love that they're given travolta and cage given the opportunity to try to make an impression to do an impression of each other and that's that's like my favorite part just seeing that um uh, i don't want to get to the conversation of the of uh, Nicholas Cage's wife's character in this film uh, because of the, the penis thing. Everyone knows about that, which is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, Google it. You'll go into the rabbit hole. Uh, but the, the whole the whole concept is just ridiculous and it's fun. And yeah, I, this is one of my earliest uh, Nicholas Cage's film as well. So it's, it, it definitely left an impression. <laughs> to update, I... I... It's number four on my John Woo list, so okay. it's my favorite American John Woo film. Have not seen okay. Wind Talkers, or uh, I guess that's the only one worth mentioning. There's he's made some other American ones, like Paycheck or whatever. I, I doubt that's as good as Face Off. So no. <laughs> John's holding out hope that Wind Talkers right. could get above it. Hard mm -hmm. Target. No, yeah, no. Hard Target is I I love that as well, but Face Off is just a little bit better, I guess, according to my list. And I made that list. I had watched them like pretty close together, so I trust that more than I do myself right now. <laughs> if only there was a world where we could see John Travolta and Nicolas Cage both playing Caster Troy, like at the same time, or <laughs> just going off against each other. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's oh, just my dream. Let's also mention the fact they're going to remake slash make a sequel, and it's going to suck horribly. Yeah, uh, it's going to be god awful. Adam so, Wingard is apparently about, and it's fuck, yeah, he's an awful choice. No. He's an awful choice. The director of Death Note or what Death Note is it Death, called? Death and, yeah, and I. I you know and I don't like Godzilla versus Kong but like I I can at least understand the yeah. somewhat face off with Godzilla of and Kong let's do it yeah and I don't <laughs> think I don't think he's <laughs> yeah. the right director because you need like John Woo can do the action and melodrama is good for a movie this absurd mm -hmm. but like I don't see Adam Wingard pulling off melodrama no. at all oh hey you know we could be wrong yeah. uh, probably won't be. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So, 
Yeah. John. All right. My uh, number three Nick Cage film is Adaptation. Not the bees. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Uh, my number three Nick Cage would be, uh, I've talked about it already, Con Air. Not the bees. Okay, okay. I was going to say, I, I, think, wow. I think I was expecting that. And I will say this, it, it's very close between number two and number three. All right. Well, let's go to my number two, which is Raising Arizona. Uh, this is really, yeah, I mean, great Coen Brothers movie. I like they have a very distinct style, and it's you know definitely shows, um, especially in the comedy. Like, I, I, yeah, this was a lot funnier than I was expecting. Uh, Nicholas Cage and Holly Hunter are both really good. I, I really like their chemistry together, like how they first meet, and then I don't want to like say too much about the movie, so. But I, I just thought that was really funny, and then Don Goodman and um, what was the other actor? Uh, good question. Uh, John Goodman and uh, William Forsythe, who play. Yeah, yeah, they like just they're just a hilarious duo. Like when John Goodman, he just like climbs out of the prison, and it, it, that was that was a funny scene. And uh, I feel like it just gets funnier as you go along because you get used to the Coen Brothers style. Mm -hmm. The uh, score is also really unique. I, I really I thought the yodeling. I, I mean, some of us have heard it because of Sophie's score game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was it's just a really fun movie, and it just doesn't let go. Um, I I haven't seen this film. I've been meaning to. I didn't get a chance to watch it before the show. Uh, but yeah, I've been meaning to watch a lot more Coen Brothers. And uh, I know a lot of people in our community really like this film. So I sh um, I def I'm definitely very aware of it. I just didn't haven't still haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really liked this. This was my number four. But honestly, it was really hard for me to decide whether Face Off or uh, Raising Arizona uh, goes in number three. Uh, they were really close to me. But yeah, it, like Matthew said, it just never stops. Uh, the whole time, it keeps that energy. Um, and it, it never stops. And it, it's crazy. It's funny. Um, I, Nick Cage is great in it. I, I like his character a lot. Um, but just all the characters they got some crazy characters and some crazy fun ideas here but yeah there's, there's just some uh, really fun maybe not action uh, all the time set pieces but there's just some really fun zany set pieces they have um that uh are just really <laughs> thrilling um and keep me glued to the screen and they're, they're just oozing with creativity yeah so I really liked it. Um, I can't think of anything else more right now, but yeah, Holly Hunter was great too. It was really fun to watch. Uh, yeah, this uh, this is my number four. I think Cameron and I shared the the rank, right? Yeah, I saw this movie recently, uh, rewatched it, and uh, yeah, I really I really like this movie. It's one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Um, 
it's so funny. Like I just love I love its energy. Like it, it comes off as it's very deliberately like cartoonish, sort of like Chuck Jones, Looney Tunes style. Uh, everything about it. You know, you have your desert like sort of mm-hmm. backdrop with the like the com- like the explosions in the background going on. You Nicolas Cage literally has a Woody Woodpecker tattoo on his arm. Like uh, you know, all of this all of the sight gags, it's just like people busting through doors and, you know, like using weird long exaggerated weapons, the grenades. <laughs> I yeah, I just love the comic energy like you guys said. And uh, I, I won't say too much more about it. Uh, just two things. One, uh, I like the dream logic of it. Like, it's very straightforward until he starts talking about dreams, and then it gets a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I really like, yeah, um, it's a very like Coen Brothers move where it's not always super clear like what is happening really, like dream wise, or what's happening sort of reality, or like does it really matter? Who knows? I, I like <laughs> it. It gives it kind of a verve. And um, the first ten minutes of this movie. This is my final comment about it, and then I'll pass it off to uh, Stephen. The first ten minutes of this movie comedy gold holy shit <laughs> it's so funny so 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 funny it's so good um just you know nick cage going through uh jail again and again meeting holly hunter's character holly hunter by the way great i agree she's so good in this um so funny so funny like the, the guy's like i think you are like what we would call a recidivist or something it's like yeah okay it's, it's so great uh john oh okay i guess i'll add some more comments about just the actors john goodman william forsyth that little duo there uh i love them too they're so good uh they're forgetting the baby on the roof <laughs> great gag uh the pampers <laughs> on the floor also a great gag yeah and uh yeah Southbound, that's that's Southbound is also just such this is also like an absurd concept as well um yeah. <laughs> that just like totally works because it's so zany and fun uh yeah I, I really 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 like this movie a lot so this is great number two we're on two right number two yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah matthew great choice i love it i i got nothing i haven't seen this hope to one day apparently it's on who now i didn't realize that uh, oh nice yeah. is that the free the regular who or premium who regular who so. okay Mm-hmm. Might check it out. Um, Albert, do you have any? Uh, Albert, uh, Albert, I guess. You're so my number two. Number two, yeah. Yes, I just recently. Uh, I just recently not the bees at its adaptation. Um, this this film is brilliant. Uh, it's just how how do I even begin describing what this film is? Uh, this this film is Nicolas Cage playing Charlie Kaufman, who's the who's a writer for films like Being John Malkovich. Um, it's about him playing play. It's about it's Nicolas Cage playing Charlie Kaufman, struggling to write a movie that is unwritable. I guess is that that's that's how that's a proper description of it, right? It's mm-hmm. and there yeah. he he plays there is a fictional. Uh, there's a fictional twin brother that uh, Charlie Kaufman creates just for this film, D- Donald Kaufman, and it's um, that doesn't exist in real life, but in this in this film universe, it does. And it's just it's such a brilliant concept um, uh, of doing this, of writing this story, and this and this is based on a real story too, because Charlie Kaufman's writer writer's block when he's trying to do the the orchid. I forget the title of 
thief. Mm-hmm. The orchid. Yeah, orchid thief. So yeah, uh, it's, so it's it's a real story, and it's uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, it's weird to describe it this way, but he has a really good chemistry with himself, uh, like <laughs> him and the, and the brother. Um, uh, and Meryl Streep is also really good in this, uh, as well as Chris Cooper. So yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll just start with that. It's good stuff. Yeah, not much to say here. I haven't seen it, unfortunately, um, but I really want to. I wish I saw it for this, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is my number three. Um, a lot of what Albert said, I, I, I sing this a lot. I'll echo um, one of my favorite part besides just like the structure of the movie is like pretty ingenious. I think it's really, really creative. Albert's already spoken about what that is, but it's really like, yeah, I it's it's just great. It's such a good idea, and especially the way that the movie ends. Um, I don't know if we want to like spoiler things here, but like, uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll sort of talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so much of the movie is about like, uh, sort of an undercurrent is like authenticity. I want to write this. I want to take this sort of frankly boring book and make a, a, a good adaptation of it, like a strong adaptation. <laughs> uh, but also <laughs> I want to insert like my own personal flair. I want it to be a good piece of art because the other brother that uh, Nicolas Cage also plays, you know, he's also getting into screenwriting and like his, you know, he's sort of supposed to play like the, the doofus brother that like writes dumb horror films. Uh, not, not that all horror films are dumb, but, but you, you get what I mean. And like they're well received and he wants, he rejects that. He wants to create something that is, he wants to create a screenplay that is authentic and, you know, it works and it, and, and it's something that he can be proud of. And then the movie devolves into just like a typical Hollywood ending, uh, which I think is very purposeful by Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones here, uh, you know, sort of as a comment of just like movie making, I guess. Uh, I'm not really sure. I've, I've actually been mulling over the ending of, of the film a little bit for a while now. Um, so I won't talk about that because I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, one thing that I really love about this film is the cast, uh, particularly Nicolas Cage, because I think this is one of his best performances. Uh, the, one of the reasons, obviously, he has to play two roles, and the two roles are very, very, very different. You have like the free, easygoing, doofus brother, Donald, fake brother, and then you have like the neurotic Charlie, and he has to go between these two poles, and that's, I mean, really difficult, I, I assume. I'm not an actor, but it, it's, it's really impressive to me, and he does such a great job. Uh, and this this is like a pretty atypical Nicolas Cage role too, because usually he plays sort of like the manly, like the expressive manly man, uh, or at least in the movies that I've seen. And here he plays kind of like, I don't know, like pathetic, I, I guess is a way of putting it, uh, or at least as pathetic as Charlie Kaufman, the writer, thinks that he is pathetic, right? Like he himself is pathetic, uh, and he's just great. You know, wears a fat suit and everything. And then the supporting uh, characters, of course, are great too. Um, specifically, Chris Cooper and and Meryl Streep. They're they're great in this. I love it. It's it's fun. Um, yeah. So creative. Uh, I mean, I haven't really done it justice, but yeah, it, this movie's great. I love it. Um, it, it. The only reason why it's not ranked quite as high as as maybe uh, the move the next two movies that are going to be on my list is that sometimes I love Charlie Kaufman. I think he's a, an excellent screenwriter and an excellent director. And I, conceptually, I, I I'm really interested in what he has to offer, but. 
so many of his movies, like the self-loathing in his movies is so intense that like it almost becomes hard to bear a little bit. This is especially true in like the most recent movie he made, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, um, mm-hmm. which I also think is great. But on rewatch, like, oh, my gosh, like the self-loathing is like so, so much to handle. Like it's almost unenjoyable. So I, I know that's largely the point of that and an adaptation, but. It, it gets really annoying sometimes, especially when at other points in the movie, Charlie Kaufman comes off as so narcissistic and so, you know, you know, proud of his uh, of his accomplishments uh, in screenwriting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll leave it there. Thanks. Uh, I haven't seen it. Hope to one day. Matthew. Yes. Yeah. No, this uh, is a great movie. I mean, uh, um. Like is you know it's super meta, but I, like, it just like works super well. Like the way that Kaufman writes the story, and then like being directed by Spike Jones is also just like fantastic. Like they're that duo too, you know. Like make a, they they make a really amazing movies, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know John already talked about the ending. So I'm not gonna really go into that, but yeah, no, the, the ending is so good too, and like a lot of the movie setups that it's like like really you know or just that the setups and like the intricacies that like. Just, for the climax, and then uh, yeah, uh, Tilda Swinton is also great. Like she, like she always is. So mm. uh, I feel like you guys have you guys have both like mentioned how great uh, Nicholas Cage is as the dual roles, and uh, I just don't have a lot more to add. I feel like. Uh, I'll, I'll, one last thing I'll add is that they jump a little bit in time, sort of um, back and forth, to tell the story of the book itself and then the story of uh, Nicol- uh, of Charlie Kaufman's character, and it feels very seamless, despite the fact that this film is super meta, yet mm-hmm. it somehow works. So that's a I don't know, it, it's just well done. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Oh, you got Cameron, what is your number two? My number two, quite different movie. Um, Mandy is my number two. And, and yeah, I, I love this movie. I think the difference between this being number two and number one is just my number one is just a little bit more my type of movie. But I, I was fully on board for this. It, it's just a crazy ride, but it takes its time to get there. And I think... The build that it takes to get there is really well done too. Um, it's just some really interesting filmmaking going on. Just the obviously the intense colors and um, Nicolas Cage does go uh, full Nicolas Cage at uh, certain points in this, uh, and that's great. But he doesn't start there, and it builds to that. Um, and I think his relationship uh, with Mandy is actually done pretty well here and he sells that well too um what else uh yeah i i think the end just the whole latter half is just so crazy but it's just like you're sitting there bewildered you're like oh my god they really are doing this they're just having so much fun with this throwing everything they can uh, at the screen uh with, with some really interesting directing too so yeah i really love it i don't know how to describe why i love it but it, it's just so much fun so crazy um 
Yeah, I'll take the baton. Uh, I haven't finished this movie, so um, I won't make any extensive comments. I, I but I really liked what I saw, and I think Andrea Riseborough uh, is, uh, you know, I, I think Nicolas Cage kind of his performance, at least what I've seen, sort of speaks for itself here. But uh, Andrea Riseborough is great. I, I really like her. I like I saw her in a recent movie, um, Possessor by uh, Brandon Cronenberg. Is that his name? Yeah, and she's really yeah. really good in that. Uh, and yeah, she she really like latches onto these sort of horror roles and like horror, weird horror movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I should stop saying weird because they're not weird; they're you know horror. But yep, uh, I will get around to this soon. Oh, you, Steven? Yeah, uh, I I really enjoy this movie. It's quite entertaining. I think I actually prefer the more slow relaxing opening um it's just really nice to see these characters interact with each other and these cool colors and i guess it almost adds to what ensues after after the unfortunate events and you know the emotion is recharged i i really love the scene the first scene where Cage goes full Cage, and the way the camera moves is just unreal, and you're like, "Oh shit's about to go down," and uh, it's really entertaining. And then it, yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting choices. Not all of them maybe pay off. I do think it's a bit repetitive after a while which is why I don't dig the second half as much, but that first half is just, it's wonderful. And I, Bill Duke, amazing. Love Bill Duke. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Mandy. Good, good movie. Um, I have not seen Mandy on my watch list. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very <laughs> curious to see what you think though. I, I, I'm interested for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so um, I've I've known about the existence of this film for quite some time. One reason one reason is because uh, there is a YouTube critic named Dan Merle. He make a very awesome 2010 supercut, uh, 2010 film supercut, and one of the shots was that thing, and I was like, "What the heck is that? That's creepy <laughs> as shit." Um, so I know that. I also know this is the last uh, film composed by Johan Johansson's from before his passing, and it's a really beautiful score. Um, but yeah, this film is just so psychedelic, and mm-hmm. it's very much there's, there's not much story in there. It's so trippy. It's the visuals. The visual is great. I um, I cannot say like again. I haven't seen uh, Color Out of Space, so I'm assuming the visual is something like that in terms of this because it's the visual is so stunning and it's bright red and crazy. Uh, but yeah, there is literally. I mean, there, there are hippies involved in this film and like cult and everything. And then like the one scene where I realized like, oh shit, things are about to go down is when um, he starts sniffing, not sniffing, inhaling the, the drugs and then like his eyes widen and he just grabs the weapon. I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> it's okay. So he's going to go full on. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my personal favorite scenes is actually the bathroom scene. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's probably the best in the entire film. Like, yeah. It's, well, I, I maybe not it. the best. It's one of the best. It's up there for sure. Uh, it's just classic. Yeah. yeah. 
I guess we can go to John with your number two. Uh, my number two film is a little film called Con Air. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched this film. I watched this film for the first time over the summer and was blown, uh, frankly, blown away. Uh, they just don't really make movies like this anymore, uh, which is kind of a shame because it it's so okay. I don't even know where to start. Uh, okay, let's start here. This is one of the greatest like action movie casts ever assembled, in my opinion. At least maybe from the time period. Uh, you have Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage, frankly, is terrible in this. He's really bad. His accent's <laughs> terrible, but I like him in kind of a dopey sort of way. Uh, John Malkovich is really the star of this film. I'd say like he is so good in this. Uh, I and he's not like usually when I see like a a, Mal a John Malkovich movie, I, I don't really associate him with with what he does in Con Air, which I think has just been wrong this whole time because this is really like this like his performance here just sticks out to me so much. It's so gosh i don't even know it's just so evil it's so evil and it's but it's also self-aware and it's oh god it, he's just so good and then the the rest of the supporting cast too steve buscemi as like the weird you know kind of off kilter serial killer guy like That's who murders cool. children it's so like bizarre why is that there but it's, it's like so good what do you have yeah. in john i don't have anything, <laughs> I don't have anything but um yeah, it's just you know you have Danny Trejo in a bit part. You have John Cusack as the as the uh, as like the as like the deputy, uh, the CIA guy or the FBI guy. I can't I can't even remember it. Some like the government agency and yeah, government dude. Yeah, yeah, he's the government dude. I think he's good in it too. Um, but performances are really sort of the not 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 exactly what I find the most appealing about the movie. Uh, obviously, it's going to be action. I mean, come on. Uh, me, I got I got a lizard brain. I'm sorry. I have a lizard brain, and it needs to be it needs to be fed these dopey weird action movies. Um, like I can't. I don't know if I could really like point my finger at like specific at a specific like action set piece that I I, I enjoy because I liked all of them. I thought they were all great. Um, it's just big. It's dumb, and it's fun. I I, I can't intellectualize it. It's just you know. Just beam it into my eyeballs. Uh, the, the other thing that I like about this movie, like sort of in a wider scope, is just how I don't know. I guess it's of its time, but it's it's so like there, there's so many things in this movie that I, I like. This is another one that I understand if people don't like it anymore because I don't think it's aged particularly well. Like a lot of the way that people, like a lot of the characters, the way they're portrayed today by today's standards is probably not very like politically correct and wildly repellent. But at the same time, it's like, it's so, the movie's so self-aware and it's so, it just, it, it understands what it needs to be and it does it. And I, I love it when a film does that. I don't, does that make sense? I don't, I don't really know if I'm making mm -hmm. any sense here because I'm just kind of rambling. Um, like <laughs> literally, the only character that gets any kind of redemption is like the serial killer murderer, you know, child murderer character, Steve Buscemi. They drove He's... across the country with a woman's head on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it, yeah. You, oh yeah, this movie has like insane one-liners too. It's, it's uh, but yeah, like you, it's a movie where you have like weird scenes, like you know, uh, uh, like a Steve Buscemi's murder character sitting down to have tea with a little kid in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you have. 
uh, John Malkovich holding a stuffed bunny at gunpoint, and it somehow makes sense, and it's like you know actually kind of moving in a way. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's great. It's I love it. It's amazing, and and it's amazing in ways that maybe I don't really fully understand. <laughs> uh, oh, but one one last comment: the music in this is so so funny. It's so funny, and it's so perfect. Uh, you know what I mean? Like just the, the the music that plays at the very last scene. Like it's just so incongruous, but it's Jerry Bruckheimer just doing his thing, and it works. And it's and it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know. Wonderful. I don't know. I'm just gonna pass it off to Steven because yeah. he can do this. Uh, that too. that music, you know, it really makes me emotional, and I'm not lying. <laughs> uh, okay, because that the Trisha theme, uh, Nick Cage's yeah. uh, wife is just, you know, it's great. You know, it's that little light motif that plays throughout the movie. And it's just that little guitar riff. And it's so nice and wonderful. And it, it's the beating heart of the film. And you got Nick Cage. He just wants to put the bunny back in the box and go and home to see his little girl. And it's, it's just, it's wonderful. It is, it is the film of one of the uh, iconic, important action films that everyone must see. Uh, <laughs> and also Dave Chappelle shows up as well. I don't know if oh, yeah. he's there too. Uh, and I think, is Ving Rhames is in this? Is, did you say his name? No, I didn't. I didn't name? bring him up. But yeah, yeah he's really uh, important in this. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in it too. There's another, yeah. There's, I love Ving Rhames. And I they forgot. They need to say who is there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's Johnny Twenty Three, because of the amount of rapes. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Done. we don't have to. That's yeah, we don't have to. It. It's it's so absurd and yeah, uh, great <laughs> one-liners. The um, there's the oh, what is? I'm trying to think of another line. Whatever. There are a lot of great lines in this film, uh, and that's what uh, that's. It's great. It's fun. There's some really awesome deaths as well. Like the way people die is amazing. Uh, <laughs> there's that too. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great film to watch and have fun watching. It it's very close to my number two. I it's like the last time I watched it, I moved it down a little bit. I still love it. I think yeah, the action seemed slightly less impressive the second time it's still really good though um there's a bit too much cutting for my liking i don't know it's it's also like they're kind of it almost feels like simon west is making fun of michael bay with this film so i kind of appreciate that too as simon west seems to also just be a kind of not so action director <laughs> i don't know so yeah fun movie yeah i really enjoyed I'll need to check it out. You, you know, you've talked about it a couple of times to me. So, <laughs> yeah, same here. I've I've never seen it, uh, but but again, I am very aware of the existence of this film. It's one of the most uh, like uh, wild action uh, film uh, of the of this of its time. So uh, I'll definitely check it out one of these days. Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm gonna need to turn it on when I just need that kind of 
stupid fun movie. Yeah. Just to get escape life for a little bit and make just... sure you have plenty of beers. Yeah. We can get together <laughs> and uh, drunk watch it. Yes, dude, I would love to. Yeah, it's a beer movie. Before we go on, uh, the total look of scorn that Albert gave me when I said uh, not the bees to when this was brought up the first time. Sorry. <laughs> you, look like a dis- you look like a disappoint, like a surprise. It's a mixture of surprise and like a disappointed dad look. That- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I didn't even realize I was doing that face, but yeah. Yeah, you're good. I think go mostly surprise. Oh yeah, I, that's just that's all I got. Uh, uh, before we go to Steven. Oh yeah, I I guess I move on. Yeah, that's right. Before we go to Steven, Andrew's in the live chat. Um, two and a half hours, Andrew. Yeah. This will not. John, John got really passionate about Wind Talkers. You should wind <laughs> back and watch that part, Andrew. You don't have to. Don't don't do it. It's bad. Only watch oh, that well. part. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, we're almost done. Come on, Steven. Let's go. All right, yeah. All right, gotta speed two, run the rest of it. Bringing <laughs> out the dead, uh, another fine addition to the Marty collection. Uh, this is, you know, it kind of is often, or I think it's fair to say it's taxi driver, but Nick Cage drives an ambulance instead. But it, it, it seems to have a lot, it seems to be a lot more... Uh, of a dark comedy compared to the way taxi drivers played straight. Uh, there's a lot of funny stuff going on. It's much more surreal as well. Uh, few notable scenes. There's some drug use, uh, great cast. Ving Rhames is in this again. He gives this really great speech about God and how there's this dying person. They go to this club or something. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. He like, pretends to be a preacher or something and it's it's pretty awesome uh marty martin scorsese he's the uh ambulance uh he's on the radio uh he's the i don't i forget what the word is but the the guy who radios to the ambulance drivers he's there yeah dispatch Mm -hmm. he's the dispatch and it works very well uh also, is it Patricia Arquette that's in this? No. Yeah. Yeah. It is Patricia yeah. Arquette. Yeah, and that was uh, I think her and Nick Cage were married at the time. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. So interesting as well. It's it's a very stat cast. Like I'm forgetting people, but and then there's like a recurring character that shows up from like the streets and he's kind of just this low life that's like always gets himself in the ambulance because he's always got something like he's always dehydrated and then like he just keeps coming back like i need water and they're like no you're not you're not dehydrated like it's something wrong with him or whatever yeah so it's just a lot of crazy stuff funny uh yeah i enjoy it all right uh I have not seen this, but I do plan to watch uh, Scorsese's, or the entirety of Scorsese's filmography, so I'll have to get through this one sooner. I have also not seen this. Uh, haven't actually heard of this until you brought it up, so yeah. I gotta watch it. Yeah, I think it's still on Amazon. I hope it's still on Amazon Prime. It's on Pluto TV with ads. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, same here. Definitely want to watch it soon. I'm gonna try to. Uh. Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief just so we don't go over three hours. And sorry if I've dragged this out longer than it had to be. Cause, <laughs> oh, it's okay. um, um, this, uh, yeah, this, I, I, this movie really surprised me because I wasn't really sure what to expect. I, I sort of knew it, uh, like, by reputation was one of Martin Scorsese's maybe lesser loved films critically. But I thought it was great. Um, it's really dark, really dark. Like, it goes places that even some of Martin Scorsese's darkest movies don't go. Uh, and... I, I find that all very compelling. Um, the movie doesn't... W one thing that I might fault the movie for, and not really fault because I, I actually don't mind it, is that it doesn't really have much structure. Uh, like, so if anybody's looking for like a, a, like a narrative film to see, they, they're not going to get that out of that. Um, it's sort of the same way that Taxi Driver is. They're both written by the same person, Paul Schrader. So I think like, there's a lot of Taxi Driver DNA in Bringing Out the Dead. Uh, I think Stephen might have mentioned that earlier. But um, yeah, just... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Nick, this is Nick. This is Nick. Nick Cage plays like an insomniac here, and he's his performance is really excellent. Um, and the supporting roles too. Uh, Stephen already sort of extolled their, you know, what, what's great about them. Uh, the thing that sticks out to me here is uh, really uh, my memory of this film. Honestly, is a little bit murky, but one what, one scene that really sticks out to me was the the death of Patricia Arquette's grandfather. Where he's just like Nick, Nick Cage, and his performance here is like crazed, but it's also a little bit like reserved, almost like it's uh, and he, where like this grandpa's like dead on the floor and people are freaking out, and he's just like put on a record that'll bring him back, you know, that'll help bring him back, put on a record that he likes, and so he's he's like giving right. Am I remembering the scene correctly, Stephen? Yeah, where he's like, that, that where he's like, he does say that. Yeah, he's, he's like giving like, CPR to this dead, yeah this grandpa that is dead. He's just dead. Well, and, I think you, know, he's you have a like, Sinatra. Dying. Or, or dying, yeah. Or he might be and, dead. I'm not 100 percent sure. And it's really like dark, and and there are other scenes like that too, with like the the gunshot wound guy. I won't spoil what that is, but I don't know, man. Like this movie is really like wild. It's it has the same energy of like a one wild night movie, except that it's just spread out across the uh, you know the duration and the, the like the lack of narrative structure here really works because when you're an ambulance driver, there really isn't. You know any kind of structure to 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 adhere to like it's just the days blend into nights blend into days blend into nights blend into days like like it does with nick cage's character who literally doesn't sleep for like six days straight uh so yeah it, it's really it really nails tone and feel uh if anything else so yeah sorry i'll pass yeah, that no, back I, you you talking about it reminded me of like the darker elements because there is a lot of they touch upon like guilt and things of that nature quite mm -hmm. a bit and it does okay. it does get dark the guilt aspect especially yeah. um and there is i you reminded me there is one uh a scene someone it's like someone ties back into the story and they've had this terrible fall and the ambulance comes to get him and it's like that whole sequence is also pretty insane uh yeah entertaining funny and also extremely dark uh i think that's the best way to put this movie mm -hmm. yep okay okay number one well, then, going into my number one has not been brought up at all i think uh we all know where this is going uh my number one is pig uh yeah so 
this uh movie was really great i watched this in theaters when it came out and just like went in completely blind like i you know i pretty much knew nothing about it uh it was really interesting because i was like when um the movie is basically like he's a truffle hunter and uh his foraging pig gets kidnapped and you know basically he goes on this journey to you know look for the pig and it's kind of a reflection on you know we we learn in the movie that his uh wife is um is dead and so it's kind of this exploration of grief and it's just like a very harrowing nick cage performance like you hear that he's going on a kind of like revenge to like you know the people who like stole his pig but you kind of think it's like john wick i guess but like it's more than that it's like a slow burn kind of like meditative and like really restrained you know real performance and just like a reflection on grief that i you know was not expecting at all uh the movie looks beautiful it's the score is beautiful um i'm gonna yeah i'll pass it on to you yeah, albert i've never i haven't seen the film all right um yeah, I, I also really enjoyed this. I can mirror a lot of what Matthew said. Um, and it may seem like this, like in this, that Nick Cage's performance is restrained, but I don't think it's necessarily restrained, but it's just, um, it, it's kind of meditative. And he's the kind of character that chooses his words very carefully. And he, he's a man of few words. And somehow he makes it very emotional and it works really well um and, and i just loved it um it, it's also my number one pick so uh, it, and i i just like the journey that the movie goes through uh and these different people that he's met at different points in his life um and how he handles that and how he bounces off these different people uh that maybe he's impacted a lot or uh, people that have impacted him. I, I think he just plays that very well. Um, and it, at least so far, it's my favorite Nick Cage performance. I haven't seen some of these other really great films that you have described, so maybe that'll change that. But so far, it's my favorite performance of his. I think it's a really nice movie, uh, nice direction, and uh, score is nice too. But definitely his performance is the standout for the movie for me. Uh, yep. Full disclosure, this is also uh, number one on my list, uh, and for many of the same reasons. Uh, I, I, I won't belabor everything that they've said here. I went into this movie like everybody else might have, uh, with with the idea that it was going to be John Wick, but with A24-itis. And the way in which the movie was not that uh, was really... It really kind of... Blew, honestly, yeah, it blew me away. I'll just say it. I mean, that's kind of a platitude at this point, but uh, it never the movie never goes exactly the direction that you think it's going to go, uh, and I will give that is to the film's credit. That is where a lot of its strength comes from because there are things in this movie that are very very bizarre, like the uh, the underground restaurateur fight club. Yeah. That's a pretty odd a pretty odd addition to the film. But um, yeah, the way in which like all the characters are introduced, where you have like this backwoodsman truffle hunter who you think is going to be like sort of the John Wick recluse. Uh, and then you also have Alex Wolf, who's like the big shot, 
truffle dealer, I guess. Yeah. You, you start with two ideas of the of the of what these characters are, uh, and you know you sort of brace yourself for you know how you're just gonna have to see more of it going through the film, which may or may not be a bad thing. But the way that like they kind of play with your expectations there uh, is really I was I was really impressed by it, especially Alex Wolf. I know that uh, Stephen may feel differently, and I, I'm sure he's yeah. gonna talk about it, but. Um, I thought Alex Wolf was really, really good in this. Uh, so did I. Yeah. Like the way that he's able to, um, you know, he comes off as cocky, but there's also sort of a self, uh, a self awareness to to that cockiness, uh, you know, as as it's on screen, um, you know, because like Matthew said, a lot of this movie is really about loss, and the, and Nick's Cage, Nick Cage's character, his backstory is really, really, you know, a powerful part of the film. But I I, I found um, Alex Wolf and his father's you know their their little tangle with, with lost there is uh honestly in my opinion maybe the most moving part of the film for me just because it didn't exactly uh i don't know man it's late um the way <laughs> that alex wolf's character you know how he, how the viewer is able to cut through all of his pretensions like him driving around in his ma in like his Maserati Ferrari whatever sports car listening to classical music tutorials like trying to learn how to become cultured um the way it cuts through that the way that it deals with the fact that his father cannot let go of whatever happened to his mother which is never elaborated upon um and then of course the ending scene um you know sort of the the emotional climax with uh, I won't spoil it but yeah really really moving stuff really really moving stuff uh and uh, for sure, one of Nick Nicholas Cage's best performances to date. So, yeah. Okay. I, I think uh, the other thing that. is that uh, casting Nicholas Cage in this movie, you know, already subverts your expectations because, like, you expect it to be like this big, like, action thing from like what Nicholas Cage has been doing, and then you watch the movie. It's not that. Yeah, it definitely, definitely works on a metatextual level there. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I agree that Nick Cage gives a fantastic performance here uh, probably top three at least if not number two or number one i i eh, i don't know it's hard to say pick his my favorite performance mm -hmm. of his but it, it's certainly up there uh but outside of that i did find it i had a hard time connecting with this one um and i think part of that may have been the expectations the the subversion maybe just didn't work for me. Um, I had quite a bit of energy and excitement and anticipation for this film because of its reception. And I think that may have played a factor into why I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, I did not realize that it was going to be so slow. And I think sometimes it's too slow as someone who loves stalker and I mean that and other slow that's just the one that comes to my mind because that is a that is a slow film uh very slow um but there's something uh i don't know there's something about this one it i don't think was michael Garakis or how do you i don't know what is the director i haven't really uh, sarnowski sarnowski i i don't know why i don't know where that came from i just whatever point is uh i was not a fan of his direction here i wasn't a fan of how he chose to shoot things there's some weird shaky cam he's he's almost like trying to prove that this is a slow meditative 
thought provoking film and I'm subverting your expectations with Nick Cage and I maybe that also has to do with the marketing and what people were expecting and not so much his fault. Uh, but I still I still appreciate it on the level Nick Cage gives a great performance. I but Alex Wolf is just he's not Nick Cage and I think that really hurts that Every time he's on screen, Nick Cage is just like destroying him in the acting department. And I, I felt like, yes, Alex Wolf is supposed to be this yuppie you're not a huge fan of, but it is at times it was just grating. And I, I couldn't, there's a scene in particular when he's talking about his past. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I mean, I kind of understand, you know, I was trying to open up, but it, it felt weird. Uh, a lot of it just, was odd choices that didn't, I was not, I was very confused by the whole fight club and the rules and how he needed, like, he needed to get beat up to get information. I was like, what is, it's all a, almost too much thoughtfulness. At times I thought it could have tried to be a bit more dumb because that fight club thing should have, like, it is dumb, but they don't play it out as dumb. Yeah. Lot. I, I don't know if I even make sense anymore. I'm just trying to defend my wrong opinion, I guess. Uh, but it is, it's uh, one more. Th oh, I was, I wanted to say maybe one more thing. I can't remember what it is. Uh, yeah, it is. I, the, there's some final shots that are very long and meditative. And it almost feels like there's too much. Oh, okay. I got it. The, the the scene with him and the other chef. That was incredible. That is the that scene. Is one of the best scenes. Yeah. Oh my god. I, was yeah, just yeah. Another, another I, I will concede that, that, that is greatness right there. And a lot of that has to do with the performance by Nick Cage. Maybe the best scene I've ever seen him in, period. Yeah. But it's I definitely love a lot of things surrounding it. Yeah. Easily the and, best scene of 2021. Yeah, and he doesn't uh, even have to say that much either. Yeah, it's it's yeah, very crazy now. So I'd be curious to watch this one again because uh, walking out of the theater, I really did not know what to think. Hence why I decided I was like, my brain was like, well, just be kind of lukewarm on it because you don't really know what to think. And maybe that's not the best choice. But for now, that's what I think. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, does us uh, talking about it make you want to watch it, Albert? Um, I I part zone out because I want I don't want to get spoiled too much of it. Yeah. Also, at yeah. the same at the same time, there's like four people who texted me at the same time about something that happened <laughs> at the Met Gala, and they're like, "Have you seen this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I saw it." Uh, so I got distracted <laughs> by that. Uh, but I, I'm still I'm still planning to watch this. So yeah. Okay. Well, then let's go to your number one, Albert. Uh, yes, yeah, so my number one is, this is not a Nicolas Cage-led movie, but when we discussed the idea, it was like best film that have Nicolas Cage in it. So I go with uh, my favorite out of it, it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, this movie is perfect. A lot of people have talked about this, uh, about obviously um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So I'm going to focus on the Nick Cage part since we're talking about it. <laughs> he have a minor role. He plays Spider-Man Noir. And it's just... I couldn't picture anyone else playing this role. His, his performance is so subtle and just so perfect for this. Um, just the uh, 
just the amount of like how how do I don't even know how to describe his voice performance in this one, but it's definitely despite it's smaller than the Croods, I like this performance for him more uh, in this one. Uh, but yeah, as an as an overall film, this film is this film is just one of the best animated films of in terms of animation, in terms of story, uh, in terms of just the concept and everything, mm-hmm. and it just works so well. Um, and the voice the voice cast, everyone everyone is fantastic. Mahershala Ali, Ali Schreiber, uh, I'm blanking on Miles Morales, Shamik Moore, and of course, Han. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, there's there's so many, and of course, Spider Gwen, Haley Steinfeld as well. So, um, <laughs> th- this film is this film just absolute perfection. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for all, all of this, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Um, it, it is a great movie, and there, there's not really any aspect about it that I didn't think was well done, but. I guess just to zoom in on Nick Cage's performance specifically, um, it's definitely unexpected. Um, and it's the reason why I want to see more of him uh, do animation and voice work um, because he does do a really good job. Uh, and it, it doesn't seem like uh, Nick Cage in a way, but he, he does a great job with it. Uh, and he fits in c- completely uh, into it. I'm, I'm sold on it, um, sold on the whole movie. Yeah, every aspect is great. Yep. Uh, I didn't put I didn't put this on my list because I tried to focus it a little bit more on Nick Cage, uh, specific, you know, where he plays like a major role. But mm-hmm. and maybe any other circumstances would have definitely been up there. Um, this is a singular work of animation, uh, for sure. One of the best movies of last decade. Uh, there is nothing that I can say about this movie that hasn't already been said. It is great. Mm-hmm. Steven, your turn. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much me as well. Uh, as someone who isn't really super into superhero movies, who isn't really into um, animated movies in particular, I can admit the greatness that is on display with this film. Uh, it's the structure. It's narrative perfection. Uh, there's not a single false note. Uh, the yeah, it's and it's yeah, it, it's tight economical storytelling. It's structured fantastically. The, I guess you know it does have that. The only reason why I'm a little apprehensive to call it, it all a great or all time great, it's not my favorite Spider-Man film. That's bias plays a major role into that. But this does have some kiddie elements. Maybe it's a bit still of a kids film, which makes it just a hair why I don't connect as strongly as most people tend to. But I I can recognize greatness. And that it's great. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I already said, you know, the only reason I put it in my number six plot is because Nick Cage has a small role. Like he's not the lead, but like any like for, like animated is easily like top of the list. So um, it's perfect. I mean, I really don't have much else to add. You know, I think it's Nicholas Cage's like one of his best performances and you know easily his best uh, voice performance. Um, and yeah, I was like, it's, I don't have a lot to add that you know, Robert hasn't already said. Yeah. Great pick. I think it might be. I think it might be frozen. I cannot tell. No, uh, I don't frozen. think you are. No, you're, oh, okay. you're good. Okay. So, 
uh, last. Yeah, and then uh, I think you guys all know what's coming here. My number one would be uh, Welcome to the Rock. Uh, <laughs> this movie is entertainment perfection. It's just like there's not a moment I'm bored. It's it's I connect to it emotionally. It's fun. It's everything a summer blockbuster should be to me, at least. Uh, you know, little silly. Uh, some of the humor is a little crass, but genuine. There's there's a great and ultimately there's a great relationship between the cast of uh, characters, particularly that relationship between Stanley Goodspeed and um, um, Sean Connery's character, uh, John Patrick Mason. The two of them are lightning in a bottle. It's it's wonderful. I I love that aspect. And the the score is like top tier Hans Zimmer, one of his <laughs> best. I don't know what I'd put as his number one. But it's before he kind of he, he he's gone down a bit over the years. Not that he's any not that he's a bad composer, but I do feel it's part of that's the studios what they want out of a film composer today is a little different. But there's a lot more. Um, I I do really love the score, and it does play into that cheese factor a bit. The score helps. It's very booming, patriot, patriotic, America, fuck the government. Like, <laughs> you know, it's. I, I've heard readings of this film of like, oh, you know, it's it's this great, you know, story about um, like, anti-government, you know, military, blah blah blah, and I'm like. I can kind of see it, but like that's not really why it's good. Uh, and Michael Bay is just—it's easily his best film. Uh, I can, yeah. I haven't seen all his movies, but I—I I don't. Think, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can top uh, The Rock. I—I I do love Six Underground, as many of you know as well. Um, but I—I I think his style works perfectly. It really helps keep the pacing going for a film that isn't particularly economical. Uh, his scenes within the movie feel economical because there's so much movement and cutting and all this stuff. And I, I'm not a fan of quick cuts, but there's a lot of movement happening anyway. So the, like the cutting maybe just doesn't bother me as much. There's some really great set pieces. There's a, in particular, a, uh, they're in um, San Francisco and there's a lot of just car crash and mayhem, the trolleys and fire. And Nick Cage is just incredible. His line delivery is uh, there. I can quote it. There are so many great banter interactions. And there, there's a lot of history to the Sean Connery character as well. And that's really uh, invigorating, I guess. Um, and I do genuinely, the, the ending, the last interaction between uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery is just, it's it's one of those, like, really, I, I really connect with it. Uh, it's, it's and yeah, I, I, I should, I don't want to gush too much. I've talked about it for, like, <laughs> at least three or f four minutes now. 
Um, I could say a lot more. Uh, it's it's action blockbuster perfection. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun time. I you know I think it's a it's a very Michael Bay, which I'm you know not like a huge fan of, but like you know it has your standard explosions and stuff. But it's still like a fun movie. Like I think uh, it helps the script is. Very yeah. good compared to a lot of his other movies. So. Definitely has a much better script. Uh, the, I, I was definitely engaged. I, I, I enjoyed watching Connery and Cage together, and Ed Harris as well. Ed, I didn't even mention Ed Harris. Yeah. He's great too. <laughs> uh, I agree that it is Michael Bay's uh, best movie. But uh, yeah, I, I just had fun with it. I. I took note for like one of the lines that I really liked. I just thought it was like when uh, Nick Cage says, I'll do my best. And Connery says, your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. And Cage was I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that one. I could name a few others. The It's like, listen, man. I know I don't know exactly what he says before, but he's like, it's like you somehow got out of this Alcatraz before, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, I think it would really help right now, man. If you could tell us how to get out of here, right? Oh, shoot, what does he say? I don't even remember, but it, it's hilarious. It's like, <laughs> and then he's got the like the the, the stuff that's the um, atomic stuff, whatever it is that. The, and if he's like taking it out, he's like, "Why don't you just cut me some slack?" <laughs> to Sean Connery, and then the one in particular, he's like talking to his girlfriend, and he's like, "Well, a lot has changed since then." If you understand the context of the line, it's it's funny. So, <laughs> yeah, the, he's like, because he doesn't want to have kids, and then she's like, "I'm pregnant," oh, yeah. and he's like, "He's like, well, before he said he didn't," and then. So it's a funny, like, there's a lot of good comedy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't do those justice, but oh well. And the ending is so silly. I love it. Like, the last, the very last scene is particularly absurd and fun. Apparently, Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino uh, I heard about that, yeah. Helped with some script uh huh. <laughs> stuff i don't know how much but they did so no all right that, that, i just had i wanted to get that <laughs> <laughs> i will stop i'll stop Albert. okay so um first of all the saddest thing about this film is that if you google the rock this film's not going to pop up because dwayne johnson appears so that's sad <laughs> uh yeah. but but this film, this film is genuinely great um again not a i i don't think it's a really high bar but Based on the Michael Bay films, this might this one might be the best, just in terms of the the story is pretty straightforward. There is still insane uh, action moments. My favorite being someone literally just got blasted off by a rocket. I think like it launched right through him, and it it's like what the fuck was that? Uh, spoiler if anyone haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. Um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is good in this. Ed Harris plays a great villain. Uh, the second the second film that I can think of where Ed Harris plays the villain to Nicolas Cage's character, um, first the first, the other one being National Treasure too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Sean Connery is just 
he's just he's just a star man he's so cool in this one and then the, every all of the line delivery that sean Carter did in this one is so great and uh, the the car chase as well in the beginning was pretty good so yeah also michael bean is here too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> tony todd is in it too that's, that's mm-hmm. well, oh, I didn't know that actually. He's the one that he's the one that Albert's talking about. I think he's the one that dies. I, I think he was. Yeah. 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 That's, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. I actually haven't seen it, but many reasons to now. So I will. Yeah, you get to see Candyman get blasted off with, um, with a rocket. So. <laughs> Not much yeah, more. You I want <laughs> Uh, okay. I guess it's my turn. Um, I, 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 I don't really have extensive comments about this. Honestly, I, I wanted to finish this out strong for for Steven because the the Rock is a genuinely great movie by all on all accounts. But the last time I saw it, um, my taste in film was radically different, and um, I didn't really quite appreciate um sort of the idiosyncrasies of Michael Bay's direction and his style um the way that I do now. So there are things that I remember from. Um, when I watched it, that I liked the Tony Todd death scene is one thing that really sticks out in my mind. Um, the you know we talked about that. It's Nicholas a great K- character moment. Yeah, and <laughs> Sean Sean Connery really kills it, and so does Ed Harris. Like that, Nicholas Cage, I guess, is good, but I don't really remember much. It's it's really Sean Connery that carries mm-hmm. uh, the I film. Agree. I agree. I think um, this isn't a top tier Nick Cage or anything. Mm-hmm. He's good. It's yep. just he gets outacted by great roles. So. Uh, yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, just revisiting some scenes and watching them because I, I wanted to rewatch this before this podcast and maybe even have featured on my list in some capacity, but I just didn't have time. So, but the scenes that I watched definitely, you get the sense that Michael Bay is finally like developing his his style of his trademark style of action. Like it's the first inklings, and and really towards the end, it starts to really evolve into what people know and love, or I guess know and hate. Um, yep, this is Michael Bay's first great film. I guess I, I haven't seen. It. I'll have to rewatch, but I liked the uh, you know just from my faint memory of it and rewatching it, I like it so much more than the movie that came before. Uh, it, yeah, I guess um, I I, I want to at this point in my life I want to call it my favorite Michael Bay film. I would definitely give that to Six Underground still. Uh, just I think that's a good his pick. style. His style is fully fleshed out there. <laughs> Anybody else who watches this guy, God, this guy is so fucking stupid. He doesn't know anything about movies, but. I just, Pig. yeah, I did that. that I'm the, the one who p- said that Pig was an okay film. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I gave the rock number one. Steven, I'm going to, I'm going to give you props for the pick. Um, and I will rewatch it soon and make, and make sure that, uh, you know how I feel about it. So, yep. Yeah. I, I unabashedly love this. Thing. It, I don't know what it, I, the first time I watched it was, it was the end of a, I was stuck in my room all day cause I had to quarantine because mm-hmm. of potential COVID exposure. So I was mm-hmm. waiting a test and I watched four movies that day and the rock was the last one. <laughs> and it was so euphoric. I don't know what it was, but I was, I was blown away by it and I've loved it ever since. I wanted to bring something else that was really uh, kind of funny is that I did a triple feature of uh, characters who could have died from falling off the roof. So in Willy's Wonderland, like they all fall down the roof, right? If you remember that, and then the Rock yeah. is the Connery, and then the third movie I watched was Woman on the Verge, uh, a naked nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you thought that was a an interesting feature. feature. 
right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that was Steven's uh, number one pick. So if you guys want, we can talk about some of our favorite cage performances, even though, like, we've mentioned a couple already talking about the movies. I'm trying to think if there's anything we didn't talk about. Yeah. Um, I think we covered all of them pretty yeah, much. I think we went oh, I think we did all of it, like, honestly, I think. Yeah. 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 Face Off and Pig uh, are my two favorite. Pig yeah, and Vastly different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, adaptations and Mandy in different and for different reasons yeah. as well. Bad Lieutenant, it's great. Um, yeah, those two. Uh, pig. My last day, guess is great. Yeah, my picks are going to be a Pig adaptation and um, Raising Arizona in that order. One, two, three. It's probably my pick for Nick Cage performances. Let me cor- let me correct myself. My number one Nick Cage performance is G Force, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, he's in that too. He's is the he villain. A voice actor. He's the voice actor. He's, he's the mole. Yeah. Okay, so that's another voice acting role. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Love that. That's such a good way to end the show. <laughs> hey, you know uh, the G Force director, I believe, did the visual effects for. The remake of the Bob films. Uh, I believe it was The Rock in Armageddon, if I'm not mistaken. At least. Armageddon for sure. Maybe The Rock. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It all comes full circle. That's why GeForce is so good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. Hey, if you stuck around this long, thanks. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody's watching at this point. If anyone, if anyone goes back though and watches mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, he did do yeah. visual effects for The Rock, so there we go. Okay, mm-hmm. some good wrecks in here at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's All right. been real. It has. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's just end the show. If you guys are ready. <laughs> Yep. Got any good? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that works. Whatever. It, it was. You know, got a pull up counter for uh for today. Floor count. <laughs> Stephen bathroom counter zero. <laughs> what what is Stephen bathroom counter? Is it every uh, time Stephen uses the ranking? I use the bathroom three times. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We we and we surpassed that one, and you didn't go once. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I wasn't. I'm not very hydrated, and I was uh, oh. drinking alcohol. <laughs> and both oh, of those okay. things were that'll do it a thing yeah alright <laughs> upcoming shows we we got you. stage to screen musicals on Tuesday there's no time yet so okay. that'll be good uh, yeah that's it thanks for people who watched some of this and people who are going <laughs> to be watching this later <laughs> Anything, yeah, uh, anything you guys want to say before I end? No, we're good. We're good, man. Thanks, guys. Right. And uh, Nick Cage, we love you. You're great. Yeah, dude. Nick Cage, one of the best. Continue voice acting. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Bye.